to the 90th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me tonight are Ash Collins and Mark Nadu. Ash, how's everything tonight? Peachy. Excellent. And Mark, welcome back. How was your uh, vacation to paradise? Oh, man. Depends on your definition of paradise. So <laughs> I've never done a resort before, right? Okay. And in my mind, I'm thinking... Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. <laughs> With t-shirt, boobies, you know, yeah. whatever. And we get there and it's like cheaper by the dozen. <laughs> it's a fucking family resort. Oh, man. Filled with kids. Oh, jeez. The so only no European style, you know, swimming for you, right? The only nipples <laughs> I saw were male nipples. I was... Slightly disappointed, just because I'm expecting hedonism, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I got daddy daycare, so you know, it was fun. The food is really good. The weather was beautiful. Um, yeah, we hung out with a. Lot, funny enough, we hung out with a lot of New Yorkers, a lot oh, of New okay. Yorkers, people from New Jersey at uh, this resort. So we hung out with them. Um, a, a lot of parents. Just because, you know, we noticed like, you know, a hot chick at the pool. Like, oh, my God, she's so hot, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's my daughter. Oh, <laughs> she's 14. Come <laughs> back. Dude, God. girls were not made this way <laughs> when I was growing up. Oh, I'm like, oh, my God, this girl's so hot. Yeah, she's 16 years old. God damn. Whatever you guys put in the beef there in the States, don't <laughs> stop. Um, but yeah, so I hung out with a lot of their, their moms, yeah. <laughs> which was fun. I had a blast. It was fun interacting with people. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty shy at first, so it took a pretty decent level of intoxication, even with mm-hmm. the water that drinks, just to really get things going. Uh, my mm-hmm. buddy Paul was, uh, he's, he's a pretty, uh, go out there guy where he'll just talk to anybody. And so I'll yeah. kind of like wingman it until, you know, I start talking <laughs> to them by myself type of thing. Um, That's but funny. it was fun. It was just not exactly what i thought it was gonna be okay um so it was all inclusive right like drinks included and everything oh yeah all inclusive again the food was amazing um i yeah just it it wasn't as bachelor party-esque as i was hoping it would be not that nothing would ever happen like come on we're all in relationships and stuff but it's just it's fun you know just like you have this expectation to watch all these movies you know there's (laughs) is that movie coming out this uh summer uh rough night uh, I believe with, uh, you know, it's like the bunch of girls go to Vegas for like a, a bachelorette party and then shit happens. So you're kind of <laughs> expecting that kind of fun, especially overseas, you know, and it didn't really happen. So, you know, yay, but um, I'm probably never going to go back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, plus, I, and I got sick the last two days there. So, you know, like being sick in the Dominican is not fun. Well, funny enough, though, I went to the pharmacy. Um, they had stacks and stacks of Viagra and Cialis beside like the aloe vera. They, uh, yeah. When we were in, um, wherever the hell we were in this last cruise, whichever country that was, there was the same thing, just stacks of it. It's like, oh, okay. I didn't take a picture. I should have, uh, <laughs> just because I've never seen that much Viagra before, you know, mm-hmm. I don't stock them. I mean, I don't see that many boxes, um, at the, at the pharmacy, but uh, no, seriously, it was fun. I had a good time. <laughs> Um, drank eight, gained about 10 pounds, working it off right now. Glad to be back in Canada though. You know, as much as it's nice to go away, it's always nice to come back. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, great. Excellent. I'm glad you had a good time, even though it wasn't exactly what you were expecting. It still sounds like you had fun. Even if like one nip slip, 
or you know, like like right. a, 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 an eighteen plus side boob, an eighteen oh. side boob, you know, or a a, 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 t- a pair of tatas between like twenty <laughs> twenty one and thirty six. You know, <laughs> nothing, just my own reflection. Yeah, I didn't have oh, a boner geez. all week. It's I mean, that's <laughs> information. Let's track that. That was at four fifty six of the podcast. <laughs> we don't need to uh, oh, <laughs> have man. that. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways, good times. Well, good times. you know, you were in the area that they had pills for that, right? Yes, but I wasn't going to pay 100 bucks US for six pills. Just, oh, uh, you know, yeah. That's expensive. A lot of oh, kids man. there. Not fun. Right. Give me give me a, a, a radius. Give me a bubble. Don't come too close. <laughs> oh, man. So, pills. tonight we are going to be concluding our honoring of Bill Paxton as the Paxton cast comes to a close with a review of 2004's Club Dread. We're going to move on to round 26 of the Best in the Backlog Challenge and announce our next podcast arc at the end of this episode. So make sure you stay tuned for that. So this is probably going to be a pretty lengthy ride this time out. So strap in and hold on because here we fucking go. Yeah. First, again, though, wait, wait, just, you didn't just, tell me to bring my strap on. <laughs> you didn't get the note? Good Sorry. Lord. And just another thing. Yeah, my trip was the anti-club dread. <laughs> Think of every bikini. Like think of every bikini in this movie, and swap Gladly. it with a ten-year-old Dominican kid. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Oh, anyway, let's let's get this going. So let's talk about social media and how you guys can follow us outside of just listening to this podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can contact us at. Uh, rather, you can email us at contact at com, And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be p- part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. We love comments, questions, corrections, concerns, whatever. So please reach out to us and talk film to us on any of those platforms. And also make sure you're following our Instagram account at Cinefessions where we are posting a ton of our new media pickups. And Mark posts a lot of reviews on there, especially with his A to Z challenge. So definitely give that a follow if you haven't already. You're missing out. And you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Cinefessions and check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous 89 podcast episodes over at Cinefessions.com. And we also want to remind you guys, you still have that opportunity to win a $20 Amazon gift card. So as we mentioned previously, what we really need to take our show to the next level is more is the ability to reach more ears. And the best way to do that is to be a show that is rated on iTunes. And so, as some of you might know, it takes a a certain minimum number of votes of reviews to be rated on iTunes. And so that's why we're turning to you guys. We're almost there on the US store, the Canadian store, and the UK store. So we need you guys to help push us over the edge and uh, leave us a review. And so anyone who leaves us a review for the month of April, which ends on this podcast, so that means next week we're picking a winner out of the all the entrants and, and so far I, I hadn't checked today I forgot to check before we started recording but as of last week there wasn't any additional reviews unfortunately but that's totally fine you guys are waiting until the last minute I completely understand I'm a procrastinator myself so anyway whoever leaves us a review is going to be entered in to win a $20 Amazon gift card to the Amazon store of your choice now I don't have to leave us a 5 star review if you don't want to just something honest about us if it is a 5 star review obviously that's what we appreciate the most but any review at all gets you entered in to win so all you have to do is enter in or re- to enter in is to leave us a review on iTunes, whichever store you use. I'll take a look at them all next week. 
everyone who's entered in is going to get a chance to win that $20 Amazon gift card. And then tune in to episode 91 of the Cinefessions podcast to find out who won that gift card. So that is our next episode. And our next arc begins on episode 91 as well. So make sure you're you're tuning into that one to find out if you won. So it's a super easy way to be entered in to win that gift card and helps us out here at the show. So it's really a win-win for both of us. So get on to iTunes, leave us a review, tune into episode 91 to see if you've won. It's as simple as that. I lose-lose for my wallet. Yes, it is. Little do people know all of these content as they come out of the Canadian portion of this show. They come out of the Canadian budget. So Yeah, $20 is, I think, a pill and a half of Cialis. So (laughs) thanks, America. Thanks. There goes one and a half boners. Yeah. Best 10 minutes of my life. (laughs) I'm, I'm just joking. It's five. (laughs) <laughs> you're being kind I to yourself you're still giving yourself too much credit it's, it's, yeah. it's <laughs> depends what I'm looking at really. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. man so uh, before we really dive in uh, today I wanted to take a couple minutes to just address a new poll that we've recently put up in the right hand sidebar on cinefessions.com so first and foremost we want to make it clear that we have no plans to put the podcast you're listening to today behind a paywall We understand that we're doing this show because we enjoy doing this show, not to make a living off it or anything radical like that, though, if there is anyone out there that wants to replace my current salary with this, I would be totally fine with that. Just let me know. But anyway, that said, there are costs associated with running any podcast in the way that we do. And we've been doing this at the Cinefessions podcast now on a near weekly basis for over 80 episodes. We love doing it. We want you guys to be able to listen to us in the same way you do now with no charge to you. However, I am a firm believer that we should always be striving to be better and to push ourselves harder. I mean, that's how this podcast became the weekly show that it is today. Instead of the monthly plan that we started with, we wanted to do more and we wanted to be better. And that came with consistency. So in that spirit, we've decided to reach out to you guys to see if there would be any interest at all in having us expand what we're doing here at Cinefessions. So as someone who personally contributes to multiple Patreon pages every month, I understand that what makes the service appealing, or in other words, why I give them my hard-earned money every month, is that they're offering me more access to things I enjoy. Of course, I found their Patreons because I enjoyed their free content, but I pay to get more because what they have as an extra appeals to me, and I know I'm going to enjoy it as much, if not more, than the free content they offer. So that's why it's important for us, if if we do decide to turn to Patreon in the future for help, to offer you guys something extra, something you can't otherwise get from us for your donation. So if you go to cinefessions.com and you look at the poll, it asks, which of the following exclusive bonus shows would be worth your $3 per month, if any? So we just wanted to give a quick rundown of what each sec- uh, selection might look like to help see if anything like this would be of worth to you. And and do know I just put them in alphabetical order and nothing else. So I don't favor anything over something else here. So let's go over the options real quick. So option one is a Goosebumps book series podcast. And we try to do a couple episodes a month with that one. So this would be a podcast where I drag well, actually one of our old co-hosts, Chris, uh, back into the podcasting game. And we um, have talked about this in the past where we, we would review through the entire Goosebump book series that we all loved as kids, starting with number one and going through to the end of the original series. We'd like to focus on a couple books each episode and probably do about two episodes each month. 
Um, episode, episode option two rather is a new release movie podcast. So this option would involve um, likely the three of us here at the Cinefessions podcast, the, the main show, heading to the theater once a month to review a new release, which we generally shy away from on this main show. This option would likely start at one a month until we reach a certain donation amount um, and then would move on to two from there, um, assuming that we would be able to and it would be um, cost effective. Um, option three would be a pro wrestling podcast. I imagine, um, so this one, it's obviously more of a niche option. And I imagine this one will be Mark and I, um, just given the subject matter, um, as we try to uh, tackle something pro wrestling related. Um, though we likely wouldn't follow the current WWE product for multiple reasons that I'm not going to get into. Um, we could look at, for example, uh, Lucha Underground and, and podcast for the first season of that, or take a look at the Monday Night Wars, watching each week, debating which project, uh, product was better, or even do something completely different, looking at a specific independent promotion. Really, the options are vast in this one, but it would likely be a show that we attempt to release once to twice each month, depending on what we decide to podcast about in the zany world of professional wrestling. So option four would be a specific television series podcast. Um, and this option would be us looking at a specific TV series, one episode at a time and working our way through a whole season or even an entire series, depending on what we think will be best. For example, we would review through the entire Twin Peaks series or season one of Game of Thrones. Um, I mean, literally the options are almost endless for what we could do here, but it would involve taking a specific show and podcasting through it week by week. We would try to release two to four episodes per month with this option, um, but would want to shoot closer to four per month if it's a really long series just to kind of get through it. Um, option five would be a video game based YouTube show. And this one would likely be a solo show, at least at the start, um, where I try to play through a certain game on stream and then post it to YouTube. Um, with this one, I try to do my best to do it on a weekly basis, but that may end up being a longer bi-weekly show instead if things turn out that way. Um, that one will be pretty free range as well because my gaming tastes tend to change on a dime. Um, and then option six, as simple as it gets, you're not interested in a $3 per month donation for exclusive contact. Uh, that option is pretty self-explanatory. If none of these sound worth your $3 a month, let us know. It's not going to hurt our feelings at all, but it lets us know to keep searching for something that might be worth your time and your support. So if you get a second, please over, head over to cinefessions.com and uh, give the poll an answer so we can know which direction to head from here. All right. So Mark, I, I know I, we told you we're going to go to Week in Media. But yeah. before we do that, I just mm -hmm. want to ask you, were you able to watch A Simple Plan or Frailty? Uh, I watched Frailty, not A Simple Plan. I, okay. I, to be honest, I kind of forgot about A Simple Plan. No, But yeah, I, did no watch, I did watch Frailty. I definitely recommend Simple Plan. Um, much better than I was anticipating. I think Ash would agree. Uh, we both really enjoyed it. Definitely, yeah, definitely check it out and let us know what you think. But if you don't mind, I would love to hear your thoughts on Frailty real quick. Okay. Uh, watched it. Uh, as soon as I got back... Um, First time watching. Uh, I had never seen in the theaters. The reason why I had it on DVDs because back, oh man, almost a decade ago, I won a lot of like a hundred flicks um, off eBay oh, wow. that I found out about through uh, the Room Org boards back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the movies that I'll be reviewing on my A to Z challenge, the A challenge, uh, when I go doing the DVD route, will probably be from that uh, that lot. Yeah, I remember um, you mentioned that in the past when you were talking about that same part of the challenge. Yeah, like last year when I did my uh, uh, my backlog challenge. Um, oh, a that's lot right. Of, a lot of the films I did was based off that lot. Uh, yes. A lot were good. Some were not. Um, most of them probably films I would not have picked up. 
Um, so Frailty, for some reason, was one of them where I've owned for a while. I never watched. And I don't know why, because I like McConaughey. I like Paxton. Mm-hmm. What's not to like, right? Right. Um, so I went to the film blind. I knew nothing of the of the film whatsoever. Okay. And then me and Melissa watched it, and uh, I really dug it. I didn't know it was going to be a um, like a flashback film. Um, yeah, that's what, like one of the first things I said is I'd seen it before and I completely forgot that it was a flashback uh, film. Yeah. yeah, that and like this is McConaughey when he wasn't still that well known, right? Because mm-hmm. um, Days and Confused came back and came out in '97, I think. Was it? That I don't remember. I don't know offhand. I guess '97. Oh, shit. I think around that time, and I've, I'm not going to go check now. Uh, but uh, it was it was before McConaughey's um, uh, rom com phase. Yes, so it's okay, like yeah. it's like he's getting known, but he's not super known because he wasn't that prominent in the film. Like I thought he he'd be one of the main characters, and in a way he is, but it's mostly a young him, you know. Um, so when I when you know the movie's starting and he's more of like a narrator, I was kind of surprised by that. Because, you know, you just know him now from what he is today, right? Um, so I was surprised by that. Um, I liked Bill Paxton in the movie. I didn't love him, love him in the movie. I thought this whole vision thing, it just didn't seem believable that he believed really hard. Um, but then really? again, then he, did, wow, well, okay. then he did the whole thing with his kid in the cellar. So I'm like, okay. So he, I just, I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was the right role for him. I wasn't in love with him cast as the, as the lead of the God's Hand Killer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, the end of the film, I did not expect that. <laughs> so it kind of blew me away when he, McConaughey was the young kid in the film. And then him being the sheriff of that town, that I really liked a lot. Right. Um, so uh, I liked it. I didn't love it to death. Um, I don't remember what I give it as a rating on Letterboxd, but it, it's a solid, like, I think two and a half out of four with our rating scale. Um, okay. I thought it was like, it was, it was good. Wasn't great, but I liked it. Yeah. Now, I mean, is it something I would revisit on a regular basis? No, probably not. But yeah. I'm glad that we checked it out though. Yeah, definitely. And that was one, um, just for reference, Ash gave this, gave it four stars. I gave it three stars. Ooh. Um, and you're giving it two and a half. Um, and it's actually one that I, didn't like as much as I thought I was going to like on the second viewing. Frankly, I didn't remember so I'd forgotten so much about it after my yeah. first after the first time I watched it. It was almost like a first time viewing, you know. Um everything mm-hmm. was surprising me as it came at the end. And uh but uh, like we talked about last week, there was just something about the ending that didn't quite work as well for me as I wanted it to. Uh really? as the reveal didn't quite work as well as I'd wanted it to. See, and, to me that was like uh, the best part. Because yeah, it just it, it just took me out of like it was like a hard left. I did not expect that. Um, so that's what I, I think I liked the most was was the ending. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking I'm on this one path, and I took I, I guess I took the wrong turn somewhere because mm-hmm. I did not expect where I'd land. And the whole thing with Powers Booth as well um, to, to know that his FBI character killed his mom. Mm-hmm. Like I was I wasn't expecting that. So like. It made sense because, like, why would he be targeting him? And he's actually is talking to God. So I, I really liked it. I, I I thought it tied everything really well together. It felt like to me, it felt like a swerve for the point of swerving. Like it felt like they were trying to pull one over on us, and they did. But eh, it's, it's, so it's very Shyamalan. 
It really is. I love Shyamalan. Um, Which, did you hear the news today? Or I guess uh, earlier this week? No. Ha. Ah, okay. Have any of you guys seen Split? I have not seen Split no. yet, no. Son of a bitch. Okay. advertising all over the place for it. And it's just not one that... I and I love James... Uh, uh, McAvoy? McAvoy. McAvoy. But uh, yeah, I just... It's like, eh. It just ah. I'll definitely be seeing it when it comes out on Blu-ray. Okay, well, you guys have seen Unbreakable, right? Obviously. Unbreakable, yeah. yes. Okay, uh, you know what? Okay, I can't talk about it. I can't. I don't <laughs> okay. want to ruin it for you guys. Okay. I really don't. Uh, That's fine. Everybody else will be like, oh, say it already, Mark. Is it? And I, I but once you've seen Split, then scroll back two, three, four months on your Twitter timeline and find Shemalan's, uh, 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 I guess, uh, proclamation on Twitter this week. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll be a heavy camper. It's the movie itself is good, but then hearing the news this week, it's pretty awesome. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Um. So excellent. So Mark, I know um you have a lot to talk about, but I know the first couple of things you want to talk about because you were able to see some screeners over the past yes. few weeks here. So go ahead and, and I, talk about those. Again, I am blessed by the uh, gods of Cinefesh. That's what I call them. <laughs> the uh, Cinefesh. Um. I would like for him to be uh, an elephant, mm-hmm. um, but the trunk's a penis. <laughs> <laughs> that would really make it make yeah. your day. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't pet him. I don't, I, I don't, I don't do oh. that. Um, anyways, so yes, um, again, thanks to uh, Elevation Pictures, I was able to see two screenings last week. Um, two really fun films. Uh, I was hoping to get it on last week's podcast, at least uh, the first one here, but uh, due to uh, my scheduling, it did not work out. So I was able to see Free Fire, which uh, was released last weekend. I saw it uh, the previous Monday. Uh, This is directed by Ben Wheatley. And uh, he, uh, I knew him through a few films that I've seen already. Um, The Sightseers, which I uh, got on Netflix a while back, and as well as High Rise that came out in 2014, 2015. I saw it in Austin 2015. So um, I guess it got released on uh, direct-to-video shortly after that, after a very limited theatrical run. Really good film. Um, so if you guys have not seen the commercials or the really cool posters yet, it's 1978, and... Um, it's all set in an abandoned warehouse, or I would say about 90% of the film is set in an abandoned warehouse where two groups are meeting to do a uh, illegal gun deal. Um, and then things just go haywire. Uh, after maybe 20, 25 minutes of character build, then becomes a probably one of the coolest gunfights I've seen in recent cinematic film. I won't say of all time, just because I'm sure as soon as I say that and we release a podcast, I'll get tweets saying, oh, you stupid idiot, what about this? Yeah, okay, fine, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but this was one of the coolest gun scenes um, I've ever I've seen recently. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to the movie thinking, how are they going to sustain the story and the action for like 90 minutes and it's, it's a gunfight, you know? Mm-hmm. And they do. Oh, wow. <laughs> the characters here are so quirky, I really dig them. Um, so I believe you got the Irish, uh, in the, uh, on one side. Uh, so Irish or NRA, kind of hazy on exactly which, uh, European group it is, but they're looking to buy guns. Um, 
and it, it's led by Celine Murphy, which you you know those know uh, you know from Red Eye, or oh, he yeah. played Scarecrow in the Nolan Batman series, um, and he's uh, with uh, Michael Smiley, who plays Frank, and they're uh, fronted by Brie Larson, who plays Justine. Um, Justine's role in the film, like in the group, I'm not too too sure. I think she is the handshake person that kind of groups the two people together. So you've got Brie, uh, you've got Justine who kind of gets with her, with her networking together with the Gun Runners, which uh, is headed by Charlotte Copley, which you'll know from um, um, uh, what's that movie uh, that he was really uh, uh, the District Nine. That's him. I love District Nine. Strictly on his performance, uh, so good. He is awesome in this movie as well because I think he wants to play cool, but so he overcompensates because he doesn't really he isn't really cool but as an audience <laughs> member because he's not really cool I think he's cool you know like he goes total 70s bling fashion uh, you know haircut he's got the chops the mustache I, I, really cool I've always liked him uh, actually I hated Chappie but that's not his fault though that's more of uh, of that band I forget what, what was that band that was in Chappie I haven't Chappie I've not seen ah uh, Shit. Anyways, uh, the Antwort. There we go. It's the Antwort. Not a fan of the Antwort in a 90-minute film. I like their songs. I like the music videos, but for them acting for 90 minutes, ugh. Anyways, long story short, uh, Free Fire, really good. Um, my favorites, because it is an ensemble cast. Um, so I did, again, I love Charlotte Copley as Vernon. He was fantastic. Uh, Jack Trainer plays one of the gunrunners or one of the henchmen of the gunrunners called Harry who, uh, again, don't want to talk too much about it plot-wise because it just ruins part of the fun. But he was really good as Harry. And then Army Hammer, he uh, played uh, a character named Ord, O-R-D. And he seems to be the male counterpart to Brie Larson's Justine. Okay. He's hilarious. He was so funny in this movie. <laughs> like, uh, it's, you know, go see the film and go see it in the theaters because it is a... It's a big gunfight in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. You will enjoy the surround sound in the theater just because you'll hear people yell at one side of the theater to the other side. Some movies are made to be seen in the big auditorium, and this is one of them. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if you don't have a, a good sound system at home, you might miss out on some cool, like, surround sound effects with people yelling across and bullets ricocheting and whatnot. Um, yeah, it, it was it was really, really good. Um, so I really recommend... Uh, Free Fire um, should be it, – it, it's still in theaters right now. Hopefully, it'll be in for a little while more. Hopefully, you get a chance to see it. I recommend it. I think I gave it almost five stars on uh, Letterboxd. So, it's a solid three and a half out of four uh, for our scale here. So, uh, yeah. Free Fire, Ben Wheatley. Check out his old stuff as well. I've got a few on uh, in my collection that I haven't seen yet. So, I'm going to get to that as soon as I can. Uh, probably by the year 2019 when I'm done all these stupid uh, challenges, which right. I dig myself and I can't, I, I can't get out. I can't get out of my hole. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. So the other film I saw, which – so I saw Free Fire on, on Monday. Uh, so just this past Friday, I saw again because of Elevation Pictures, a film called Their Finest, uh, T-H-E-I-R. So they're trying their best. This is Their Finest. Um, it's directed by Lone Sheffrig. Uh, who I um, don't know her previous work. 
Um, I do know her film and education uh, just because of the Oscar buzz it had back in mm-hmm. 2009, 2010, but I've right. never seen it. Um, but I believe that's a Colin Firth film. And I think that's one of the movies where I kind of realized who Colin Firth was. I know he did some Jane Austen stuff in the past, but that really right. isn't my cup of tea. So I've never, yeah. never seen that stuff. I still have to watch Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Haven't done that yet. Oh, but I haven't seen has- that one. I forgot about it. I forgot I'd seen that one uh, on the cruise. Ah. Ah. Yeah. Oh, you, you like that one, right? Um, I don't know if I mentioned it last podcast or not. Um, well, go ahead. Pause for one second and we'll come back to it when it when we'll move on to you, okay? <laughs> sure. Perfect. <laughs> Wait in line, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Their Finest uh, stars uh, Gemma Arterton. Arterton, I, I probably am butchering her last name. You will know her from, uh, she was one of the people that, um, Ryan Reynolds kills his, kills his, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> one of the films that Ryan Reynolds kills in the voices. Uh, she was also the, uh, Gretel in Hansel and Gretel, uh, with Jeremy Renner that came out a few years ago, which was underrated. It was really good. Um, she's also, uh, she was in, uh, one of the Bond films, I believe it's a quantum of solace. Uh, what else? Uh, she was in Clash of the Titans. Anyways, she does a lot of, um, of genre films and she's awesome. She's hot. So, oh, she's in rock and roll as well. Uh, pirate radio. Oh, and a really good one. And if you want to see her naked, the disappearance of Alice Creed, which was yeah. awesome. Oh, really good. Yeah. She, she, she's really good. I like her a lot. Um, so in this one, she plays a secretary that gets, uh, gets put on the, uh, payroll of, uh, the British propaganda film division just when the first world war is starting before the U S get involved. So she starts, uh, she becomes a, a script writer because the, the British are trying to, uh, make a film that's authentic, true, but also a good story that will pull at heartstrings to get people to enlist and as well to get the Americans to be involved in the war because at the same time, they're being bombed in London by the Germans. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's in it. Um, I guess her, the co scriptwriter in the film, uh, his name is Sam Claffin or Claflin, pardon me. He looked really familiar, but I couldn't put my name on it or my finger on it. Um, he is in, uh, the Hunger Games, um, Mocking Jay Part One and Two, and in Catching Fire, he plays Finnick Denaire or oh, Dare. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's got that face. I'm like, I know where, what you know. Like I've seen him before. I just can't put my finger on it. Um, but to me, the highlight, personally, of the film, Bill uh, Nye is in it. Uh, you might know him as. Um, as uh, the head vampire in uh, the first Underworld, or he was in um, he was in oh shit he's been in so many things uh, he was he was in Pirate Radio as well he's in a lot of British stuff Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy um, he was the broken down musician in Love Actually um, yes he plays a Christmas song in Love Actually which I probably one of the better parts of the film <laughs> and he's in uh, fuck what, what's the uh, not hot oh he's in Hot Fuzz and he's in um, uh, Shaun of the Dead. He's yeah. Philip. He's uh, Sean's stepfather. I oh, could not okay. remember Shaun of the Dead. How shitty am I? It's been <laughs> two weeks. I'm trying to get back in the swing of things. So much on my mind. So much to tell. Not enough breath to say it. Anyways. um, So, Bill Nye, which again, 
apologize for the, uh, for the pronunciation. He plays uh, Ambrose Hillard, and he's a bit of a prima donna actor that, um, you know, he's known for one uh, TV show, or maybe it's a film role, but he plays an inspector on some media, and he's well known for that, but his parts have been kind of drying up a bit, and uh, he becomes part of the production of this movie, and he is so funny. Like, it is he's hilarious i almost had tears in my eyes like it was mm. he's that good but he's good in everything he does he's one of those actors that you just upon seeing him on screen you smile because he's he's so over the top oh awesome anyways so um i saw this last friday um i thought again not doing any research on this because i like being blind going to the movies and then i open right. my eyes um i thought this might have been like one of uh like a based on a true story it's not. It's just a uh, romantic comedy based in uh, the early parts of the Second World War. Okay. Um, now, would I have watched this on my own without the screening? Probably not in the theaters, I'll be honest, because it isn't something I would uh, go towards first. But mm-hmm. I'm glad I saw it. I gotta, you know what? I gotta open my eyes more when it comes to seeing just more than just horror and action stuff in the theaters. Um, <laughs> I really dug this and I probably eventually would have caught it. Um, I'm glad I saw it and I'm happy to spread the word on this film because it does have a a small um, theatrical presence right now. Um, I think there's only one theater in Montreal that's showing it, which is uh, really too bad. I liked it. Worth checking out. It's called Their Finest. Um, yeah, uh, I'd probably give that a good three out of four stars as well. It, I've been so lucky with my screenings that pretty much everything I've seen, I've really enjoyed. And I'm not just blowing smoke up people's butts. Uh, it's my legit, uh, it's my legit, uh, uh, perception on, on these films. I'm seeing stuff that, uh, is in my wheelhouse and I'm really digging. So I'm very happy with the opportunities. Excellent. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you to Elevation Pictures for, uh, sending you that way so you can catch those and, uh, let our listeners know. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. So, um, Ash. Go ahead and talk about your previous week here in the world of media and otherwise. And uh, talk about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, too, since we didn't talk about that last week. Okay, yeah. I um, I had avoided Pride and Prejudice and Zombies because of the reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't bad. Um, if you are a big fan of Pride and Prejudice, the original, um, you're probably going to be pissed off. Uh, if you enjoyed <laughs> the um, the satire version of it, the novel, um, and I like both, um, but uh, the uh, the movie kind of follows the book, um, and uh, but it's it. Unfortunately, they decide to go like Hollywood ending with it, which is just dumb. Uh, they had like the perfect opportunity to just follow the book, and it would have been funny—a great little horror comedy—and it just kind of mm-hmm. like. Bleh. Um, it, overall though, it was kind of fun. Uh, it was kind of a different take on zombies, and you know, having them in the Victorian area and stuff like that. But uh, uh, you know, eh, it was, was okay. Yeah, I was actually looking forward to it because I genuinely loved Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I thought that was fantastic. Me too. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. I think you, I mean, I really think you'd like that one. It was a lot of fun. Um, And so I'm definitely going to check this one out. I just haven't, like, I was Pride and Prejudice, man. I hate that fucking story so much. I was in the play. I read the book. I watched the movie. Like, I I hate that. I don't know why I've spent so much time with it, but I do not like that story. So I would love to see 
um, the uh, zombie take on it. Yeah, they they poke fun at it. Basically, the idea is um, the zombie outbreak happened and everybody has kept up the Victorian, uh, you know, kind of pomposity yeah, not the, 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 the yeah. attitudes and the and the everything but there's a zombie outbreak going on so all mm. of them have trained in different martial arts and weapons and all this other stuff so that okay. they can kill zombies and then still go to like the balls and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> that's nice uh, yeah it, it's pretty funny i mean there's quite a few good moments um uh, but uh yeah i it, it's i think it's worth taking a look at i don't know that i'd buy it maybe mm-hmm. rent it you know, type of thing. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, cool. but yeah, so I watched that on the cruise for free. So, you know, yeah, I can't beat that. Yeah. And she was pat and my wife was passed out. So she didn't have to grumble her way through it. Like really? <laughs> uh, I think I mentioned, I watched John wick. Yeah. yeah I did. Yep. Okay. Okay. For the first time. Yeah. Yeah. On the cruise. Yeah. Nice. Have, oh, John wick two is it continues three weeks later. It's worth checking out as well. Yeah, I'll have I'll have to when it comes out. I I got to pick up Wick so I actually own a copy of it because mm-hmm. yeah, I I feel a man completely justified in killing all those people over a dog. <laughs> totally, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, I finished up Top Gear series twenty three. Uh, okay. which was, I just had one episode left, so I finished that. Um, uh, eh, it, it's a kind of a mixed bag overall. The the series twenty three. I knew hosts and everything, so they're trying to feel their way out. It was it was kind of fun. Um, if you're a fan of Top Gear, I think it's worth checking out. If you only watch Top Gear for the three presenters, uh, before Clarkson and them, eh, you're probably a little disappointed. They're they're trying to find their groove this season, so with the new guys, so uh, it's a little different. Um, I have been binging the shit out of the new Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Okay. Oh, okay. I got through one, two, three, four, five, six episodes. So that's an hour and a half a pop. Um, the new cast is really good. Um, they they have like a whole shitload of writers on it now, and the comic, you know, the, like so, like you know, old MST3K, they'd have episodes that were just really dry, and it they they were trying, but it wasn't working for me. Um, I haven't had an episode this season that. I haven't laughed like at least six or seven times, like laughed out loud, like, oh my God, that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> and a few of them, it's just, I'd lost it. Um, but uh, it, it's a good cast. They got Felicia Day to be one of the villains and Patton Oswalt's her henchman. Um, uh, the guy, I don't know who the guy is who's playing Jonah. Um, I think his name might be Jonah. I don't know. I haven't actually looked, <laughs> uh, but he's the guy that they they got for it. Uh, he's pretty good. The guy, the guy who's playing Crow, is fantastic, um, and uh, Tom Servo's okay. And he's he, he, he during the movies he's great, but he kind of falls a little flat outside of it because he's supposed to be kind of goofy and aloof. Um, mm-hmm. it, eh, it's okay. I am watching more for them picking on the movies anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'm six in it's 13 or 14 episodes. I think, I think 13. Uh, so I got ways to go, but I am enjoying it. That's um, awesome. That's something I've never really spent any time with is, uh, Mr. Science Theater 3000. Um, and I've always wanted to, I just haven't like, I own, I think like the Gamera set and, um, like, uh, Manos that one. Uh, but I haven't, I just haven't sat down and watched them. Yeah. They have, they have a couple of really, well, well-known B movies like Avalanche mm-hmm. is in it, 
when uh, mm. Avalanche is fucking terrible. Oh my god. Um, so Star Crash. Star Crash is a ripoff of Star Wars right, that yeah. the guy wrote. Foreman. Yeah, and uh, the guy wrote it uh, had never seen Star Wars and was ripping it off based off the novel. <laughs> Low budget. Uh, so so awful. But it's so much fun listening to them rip it. Um, but uh, yeah, they have like a couple other ones that are that are pretty good that uh, I'd never heard of before though. Um, okay. But, uh, uh, but yeah, they're they're all pretty good. Um, the other thing I've been watching, I don't remember if I mentioned I was watching The Strain or not. You said you were going to start it, but I hadn't heard if you did. Yes, yes, I got um, the uh, through the first season of The Strain. I haven't gotten okay. episode or season two yet. Um, hmm. Season one was really good. I enjoyed that. It was kind of this neat slow burn p- procedural kind of you know who done it what the hell's going on what are these you know type of thing it kind of actually by the end of the first season it reminds me of stephen king's the mist um oh, okay. a little bit you know just because the way things are deteriorating and stuff like that you know and the paranoia so on and so forth hmm. um and then um the other thing i wa- so i watched that um but yeah i haven't started season two yet season one was really good i like that uh and then we saw an ad on Hulu while we were watching that for a movie called The Summoning. Avoid this movie. Avoid The Summoning. Um, <laughs> it was freaking boring. And it sounded intriguing. It just, it was, it, uh, I can see if I even have a description here. Uh, when a law student uncovers chilling secrets and places her life at risk, a bitter rough around the edges detective gets assigned to her case. Um, the idea was... Uh, yeah, it was under horror, and it's not really horror. I don't know. It, I don't even know how to describe this, honestly, because it was just bad. It was just slow. It didn't really do much, and I was just like, I'm, yeah, it didn't do a whole lot. So I, I only gave that, like, maybe one and a half stars, maybe one. So, yeah, not great. So It has a, uh, like, a 2.9 right now on IMDb. So I'm just yeah, looking it up. It's, it's Um, But, uh... Other than that, I haven't done a whole lot this week, uh, other than watch the movies for the podcast. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, so myself, um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Major League Baseball 2K12, actually, on the Xbox 360. Um, and because of that, I, yeah. And uh, because of that, I actually meant I was listening to a lot of my um, records. I was spending a lot of records this week. Um, so I posted a couple uh, reviews of two different albums I listened to on our Facebook page. So definitely follow along there to get those updates. Um, even if they are coming from an absolute music noob like myself. But yeah, I've been listening to quite a few different records. So um, some I wanted to post a quick video and I just haven't yet. Um, and others that didn't really stand out to me enough to really have anything to say about them. Um, so I'm, I, I may have talked about this before, but my parents brought me over like a hundred of their old records and over 150 45s or EPs. Um, well, I finally decided to catalog all those, like I mentioned last week. So now I know everything that I own, I have it all listed in an Excel document. Um, and instead of doing like a random number generator on them, I just kind of been taking whatever's on the top of the pile, opening up, seeing if it looks playable, cleaning it as best I can, and then spinning it. Um, I've come across a couple gems that I hadn't heard before as well. So, so far it's been a real success. Um, turns out my parents have pretty good taste in music, which, uh, I'm, I'm finally able to appreciate now, but, um, on the MLB 2K12 front, um, I'm actually just one win away from back to back world series wins with my Detroit Tigers franchise. So woo woo. 
Uh, <laughs> I won it uh, a year ago and then, um, or not, not a year ago. I won it years ago. Like when I was first playing this game, when it was new. Um, and, um, then I kind of just moved on to the show ever since then. Um, but decided that I wanted to give it another shot last week because the baseball bugs biting really hard, um, due to the time of year it is. And, uh, this game, it's just a lot of fun. And I just remembered it being a lot of fun. So I wanted to give it another <laughs> shot. And, and really it's one of my favorite baseball games I've ever played. Um, I understand that it's severely lacking to MLB the show, especially because it, now it's, it's six years old at this point, you know, compared to what you get with 2K or with uh, MLB the show 17, but it's still just a fun damn game. Um, I love the way the pitching controls are handled. It's very unlike anything in, in MLB, uh, the show. And it's the only baseball game I actually enjoy using the analog stick for batting, which I hate doing on the show. So. Yeah, I really like that game, and it's been a, a bit more fulfilling for me than playing more of MLB The Show 16 has been, and so I've been sticking to that one this past week. Um, also, on the game f- gaming front, uh, Bridget and I were talking, and I really wanted to start another, a fi- I wanted, not another, but a Final Fantasy game, and um, I was wanted to do six, Wait, but Bridget was 12. really wanting to do ten. Uh, what'd you say? Twelve. Wow. That, that's not traditional, though. That's that's very opposite of Final Fantasy because that's like real time uh, fighting as opposed to the mm, JRPG. Kind of. You still have turns. It's still turn based. It's just it, it's as they call it active an active combat bar. Gotcha. So it, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, but we uh, that wasn't really on my radar. So if I do own twelve, I think, but. Um, yeah, so, so I was going to do either 6 or 10, and Bridget really wanted to do 10. She's played through a lot of 10 in the past, and that was one of her favorite games. Um, and I own the PS4 HD uh, re-release of it. And so we decided better. to do that one. <laughs> 10 is better, said no one ever, except Dad. Hey, hey, you know what? Both my <laughs> wife and I enjoyed 10 better than 10, so suck it. Haters. Yeah, well, I'll, I have no idea. I'll, I'll try that one after this one. <laughs> Um, but we are like seven hours in now, I think. Um, we played the hell of it on Sunday and uh, really liked it. So right now I'm at the point where um, like the, in the next couple seconds, I will be learning Blitzball, which I've heard that's a really long tutorial. And so I just oh, kind of pause. Yeah. 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 You know why? You know why 10-2 is better than 10? No Blitzball. fucking Blitzball. That's yeah. why. Right there. But I am a huge sports game fan. That's all I almost ever play. So you will be if, sadly disappointed. <laughs> if anything, it, I might not it, hate if it. If we'll I remember see. the control, I don't know if they did anything with the controls. Um, but I remember it being clunky as fuck, and I'm sitting there going, "Why did they put this in? This is terrible." Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. So I'll find out, and we'll see. But I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it a lot so far. I really like it. So it'll be uh, interesting to see where it goes from here. It's, we have a long ass way to go. Probably another forty five hours or so. But uh, we'll see. So we're playing that one as well. Um, I and I did celebrate Record Store Day last Saturday, which was April twenty second. Um, and that one was a lot of fun. The record store I go to was busier than I've ever seen it, and they had more records than they usually do, which was really cool to see. Um, but I grabbed a couple used records from Molly Hatchet, a band I've recently come in contact with and really enjoy. Um, and I bought the Elephant album from the White Stripes, which I love. So Are no you exclusive. No, that one I, is actually from their first album, which uh, this I have their third, fourth, and fifth album now, or third, fourth, uh, and sixth, I think. So I don't have flirting with disaster. And but surprisingly I, enough, Molly Hatchet is not a singer songwriter from Lilith Fair. <laughs> not. Who's yeah, a thunk? Do, you, do you know? Do you know what the name Molly Hatchet comes from? 
have no clue. No, uh, I didn't even know they drugs and axes. Nope. Uh, it's uh, based off of a southern because they're southern rock. It right. is based off of a southern folktale about a woman named uh, Nick, a prostitute named Molly, who killed uh, her uh, her Johns with a hatchet. Oh, that's fantastic! I like them even more now. You had that's me a awesome. prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. No, I didn't. Actually, I didn't know they sang for. I was like, you know, I the reason I bought their album because the the first time, um, which was their third album, was just because of the cover art and they had three of them. There. I was like, man, this is fucking great. Like, I, I looked it up. It was Southern Rock. I was like, you know, I'm gonna try it, see what it sounds like, and uh, listened to it. And I was like, well, this is really good. So I looked them up and found out like their their main hit was Flirting with Disaster, which I obviously I knew that song, but I had no mm-hmm. idea who sang it. Um, and so then I grabbed the other two albums because I really liked the first one I bought. Um, and their cover art, the album art is just fucking awesome. It's really gorgeous. It kind of reminds me of, um, some of like the old Iron Maiden art, artwork. Um, if that means anything to you. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. And so I, I knew so little about them just other than what I looked up on, uh, you know, Wikipedia or whatever, just so I could talk about them a little bit on the video. But, well, you know, if you're a big fan of Molly Hatch and Southern Rock, I really enjoy Black Oak, Arkansas a lot. Oh, okay. So that's another decent band that you might know one or two songs. Yeah. And you go back in their deep cuts and it's pretty fucking good. Cool. Black Oak, Arkansas. I'm going to check yep. it out. Yeah. They do have a song on the Disney and Q soundtrack. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't get any of the um, RSD exclusive stuff. Uh, because uh, mostly because it was just stupid expensive. Um, and that's not really why I was there. I just wanted to, you know, support my local store. Um, but I do talk about it and, and you can see the, the, the covers that I'm talking about in that Facebook video I posted on Saturday. So definitely check that out if you're interested in hearing more about that. Uh, Mark, out of curiosity, were you able to visit a record store on Saturday at all? No. And I didn't okay. just because I still have a whole bunch that I haven't even opened yet that yeah. I haven't listened to. So why spend more money? That said though, I did get the email two weeks ago from Mondo uh, while I was in the Dominican saying that they were releasing the Silent Hill soundtrack on vinyl. Yeah, and the and cover art uh, looks think, like shit. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't care. Um, love the music. Um, so I actually got my, my buddy Kelly Forbes. He was able to uh, procure me a copy. I don't have it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've got a copy of that record uh, coming in. And funny enough, I don't know what the album looks like just because um, the Wi-Fi was so shitty at the resort oh, gotcha. that it took too long to load. So I don't even know what it looks <laughs> like, but it's going to sound awesome. And I think I got like, some smoky variant as well. So uh, okay, very excited to get that. Yeah, I, I, I passed on that simply because I thought the cover art was just nothing interesting at all. So I ended okay. up passing on that one. But um, I'm excited to hear what your thoughts were on it. Have you listened to the thing? album yet not yet not yet it's in my pile of uh, to review and to post so uh what i'm gonna do is because i've been doing a lot of movie reviews i kind of want to spice things up a bit Mm -hmm. and do other things too um so uh, i'm gonna be posting probably a little more gaming stuff and uh, on top of my movie reviews and whatever else so uh yeah yeah, it's probably gonna come up in the next week or so maybe two weeks but uh it's uh it's uh, coming down the pipeline Cool. Excellent. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about that one. Um, but yeah, the the one I do want um, is a- the just announced that Alien, Mondo's releasing Alien soundtrack. And they have this really cool like four LP set, but it's like 80, 75 bucks, 85 bucks, something. I was like, yeah, I'm going to pass. And then the the cheaper one, the two LP set, which is 35, so it'd be 40 with shipping here. Um, it actually matches my Aliens yes. release. And so that's the one I want. 
and I was going to buy it, but it doesn't come out until the fucking end of September. I'm like, what? Like, oh, I'm not, really? I'm not tying up forty bucks until the end of September because they they charge you now. And so yeah. I just said, fuck it, I'm waiting. Like, I found the aliens one. I paid like forty five for it after the fact, so I'm sure I'll be able to find this one yeah. after the fact. So, and like the alien film is like soundtrack wise is good, but mm-hmm. I think the aliens one is epic. So I'm happy just to have the aliens one. I don't think I need alien. Yeah, yeah. So that is. Um, pretty much everything that I've been doing in the past week here. So, Mark, I know you have uh, more to talk about, so I'm going to let you uh, jump into your week in media. Okay. Well, I guess it'll be like two and a half, three weeks in media since it's been two episodes. (laughs) So, I don't want to be too, too long. I'm probably going to jump all over the place uh, just because of like different things I did. So, we'll start uh, video games. Um, I've been playing Mad Max on the PS4 since I think the crack of dawn. (laughs) Yeah, about that time. I should say. The yeah. crack of dawn of time. Um, yeah. I started in December. I still haven't finished the motherfucker. Every time I, I turn my PS4 on, you're playing fucking Mad Max. I'm like, oh my God, he's still playing that fucker. I want to finish it so bad. I said, you know what? I'm going to platinum this thing. It's fun to play, but I'm just doing all the little side bullshit mini quests. <laughs> and I haven't really done the actual main storyline yet. And I'm 64% oh, done. Um, I think once I've I've cleaned out the map where everything is like you know secure, mm-hmm. and then do the the, the storyline, I'm gonna put it aside just because I don't <laughs> think it's time for me to start collecting cars and racing them all to get trophy. Like I think I'm gonna be done for a bit. Yeah. Um, because you know what? I still have my Nintendo Switch, which I've barely touched because I'm playing fucking Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played quite a bit of it. Um, just just the way a little little side story here just the way that my tv set up it's kind of higher off um, on the wall because it's hung on the wall it's above my fireplace and just the way my couch is and the lack of room in my one bedroom <laughs> I, i'm starting to get like neck problems but oh, if man. i'm looking at the tv for too long <laughs> we're to a point where i'm sitting on on the couch playing the video games looking up and the the, my spine my neck start like it starts heating up and i start to sweat so i'm like oh, wow. i one need a chiropractor and two <laughs> i need to move um so sometimes i just can't play for long sometimes some days i can no problem other days i can't um so that's why i think one of the reasons why it took me so long because some gameplay uh sessions i get so dizzy that i start sweating and i, I can't play the game mm. um it could be early signs of dementia. I, I really don't know. Um, but, you know, before I die, I do want to finish this fucking game. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get as much as I can to that. Um, because Mario Kart 8 comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow. Which yeah. is today, if you're downloading it today. So um, I got it through Amazon. So I should get it early next week. I'm not in a rush because I have so many games to play. Um, so as soon as I'm done with... Uh, with uh, Mad Max, I want to start jumping on Zelda and then uh, Mario Kart 8 as well. So, well, that's a fun coming up. Yeah, Mario so, Kart's the shit. At least it is for the Wii U, and I imagine this is going to be the same. So, I, sure I think so. What sucks, though, is that all the fucking characters are available right off the bat. And oh, really? The fun, yeah. Now, not all the... I guess you can you can build your own carts or customize it. So, yeah. that's still... You still have to, like, you know... Uh, get those items mm-hmm. but all the characters are unlocked i'm like i don't want that i want That's to have weird. these characters locked i want to progress through i don't want to use a cheat code yeah and we you they're locked so that's weird. yeah 
Apparently, well, okay, according to early reports on the Switch version is that everything is unlocked, all the DLC is there, blah, blah, blah. Are they going to add more DLC? Don't know. They do have a battle mode. I'm not sure that was an 8 on the Wii U or not. But yeah, it is. Is it? Okay, so that's there too. Um, so I'm hoping there's more tricks up their sleeves because I don't want to unlock game. I want to work my way through it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, anyways, um, so when it comes to TV... Um, I'll include wrestling in that just because I've been watching a lot of indie wrestling off the High Spots Wrestling Network. Um, so I just watched one card uh, from a league called PWX. And it was called Ode to, Ode to Tradition, which wasn't a huge fan of. Um, I think it's more the production of the league just because they don't announce the wrestlers. Like they don't come down the aisle. They're already like in the ring when it starts. Or they're in mid-commotion, where let's say there's some brouhaha happening, you know, in the aisle as they're walking up. Yeah. Um, the commentators don't really, like, I don't, I'm still new to the indie scene where I know the local guys here in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the big indie names in the States, I'm not familiar with yet. So these guys are coming down and the announcers just like casually mention their name. So I, I almost have to like hear it, pause, rewind it, make sure I have it right before I can tweet about it, you know? <laughs> um, and there's no graphics on the screen saying this, this guy versus this guy. So, oh, I hate it, that. yeah, so it, it kind of sucked. But I'm starting to know some of the names. And there were some really good matches, like Martin Stone versus David Starr. I'm a big fan of David Starr. Um, he's in Ring of Honor. Um, he's He's come to Ottawa a few times. The guy's a workhorse. Great matches every time. So he was on the, ma- uh, on the match, or on the card, I should say, which I enjoyed. Um, Cody Rhodes was in the main event against a John Schuyler. And uh, okay. I had not seen Cody Rhodes wrestle since he left the Fed. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any, any of his indie matches up until uh, then. I had not seen any of his Japanese stuff because he went to New Japan, I believe. He's in the Buddha Cl- uh, Bullet Club now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like his moniker as the American Nightmare. I think that's pretty cool. It's an American dream. Get it? Oh, yeah. That's I, honest, How the fuck didn't I even connect that? But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. That's fucking great, though. Yeah. I like that, too. You know? Um, so, yes, yeah, so I've been watching that. I've been watching a few shoot videos on uh, High Spots because Kevin Owens, before he got signed to WWE, he was known as Kevin Steen. And High Spots would pay him some cash and do shoot interviews with other fellow wrestlers. It is solo budge, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all off the cuff. Like he's on his phone going through Wikipedia, asking the guy questions. He knows <laughs> the wrestlers, but it, it's fun. I, I really enjoy them. He's funny. Um, yeah. So this is like pre, uh, this is this Kevin Steen before he signed on. So, uh, yeah, cool stuff. Um, apart from that, with Netflix now with Lucha Underground, I believe I'm at episode 11 or 12 now. So I'm slowly going through the, uh, you know, the first season. I think the first season has like, th- 35 to 40 episodes, maybe even 50. Can't recall exactly, but uh, I think I'm a quarter of the way there. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. Big fan of Sexy Star, big fan of Ivelisse. Um, I do like the ring announcer as well. She's very cute. Um, I like uh, Drago, the, the dragon wrestler. Big fan of King Quirito, the hunter. I don't know why. I, I just I just dig him. Hmm. Um, and of course, uh, Pentagon big fan uh I, i'm it, it's very theatrical it's very fly, uh, high flying all the matches are interesting all the matches you know there's very little grappling it's all really super move after super move like okay in, 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 like have you watched any lucha underground yet on netflix just uh like half of the first episode and that's it oh man yeah you got some good stuff ahead of you 
And yeah. even John Morrison, he's really good. Uh, Ricochet, known as Prince Puma in uh, in Lucha, I think is one of the best indie wrestlers out there. Like, mm. amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But these guys are taking moves and bumping like crazy. Um, who knows how long their careers are going to last? Because, like, yeah. they are taking bumps. Like, very impressive. Um, if you look at, like, Lucha Underground now, and you look at, like, 80s, like, you're, you're going through the WrestleManias. The Manias, yes. after watching Lucha, must be boring as fuck. Because, like, <laughs> oh, Pal Driver finished. There you go, you know? Um, fuck, they do a tackle drop down Pal Driver. <laughs> that's an opening, that's an opening, uh, sequence, you know? <laughs> so, good times. Um, so, apart from that, um, oh, well, I started season, well, I finished Iron Fist. Okay. Last time oh. we talked, I don't think we had, uh, I had uh, done uh, that, I, so. I, I keep forgetting Iron Fist because I keep trying to block it from my memory. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. It, I think it's the least, uh, it's the weakest out of the four yeah. so far. Yeah. Uh, I, but I didn't think it was that bad though. It. <sighs> the, the problem they have, it was too much Danny Rand and not enough Iron Fist. Yeah, that was part of it. And I don't think Danny Rand is that interesting. He's a character we've seen like a hundred times yeah. before someplace else. Yeah. Now, I, I, have they made a porn parody yet? Because I think Iron Fisting would be such a good idea. Yeah. You know, put some special effects where the vagina glows. Like, yeah. You know, it's just uh, it's like Iron. Well, it's just like you basically the Danny Rand section. You could replace him with either Green Arrow or Batman, and it would feel almost the same. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not original in any way, but yeah. I, I do like the way it was uh, it was uh, introduced into the universe. Or even better, Iron Fucked. <laughs> Iron Fucked. And let, let's make it a gay porn. And then, like, the butt glows. You can see the penis with, the, like, the x-ray. Oh, my oh. God. Iron Fucked. How? Call me, people. I will produce this. <laughs> you have a future in the porn parody business. Well, if I give a review on iTunes, I might make 20 bucks. Put that towards production yeah. values. Anyways. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, finished Iron Fist. Um, I am three episodes into season seven of Supernatural. Uh, which again, so far so good. I thought six was not a bad season at all. Um, so I'm sure it's gonna be more of the same for seven. Um, I am two episodes into Black Mirror, so I gotta get my rear in gear and finish up for the end of the month because huh, I don't want to lose a challenge. So uh, I've got four more episodes of that to watch. Uh, yeah, the first you got some episode- watching to do then because it's getting too close. Dude, tell me about. It. I got three night shifts. <laughs> I'll be able to bang them off no problem. Oh, that said, though, yeah, I have a lot of what stuff to watch. I'm like, oh, fuck, not summertime's coming out and do patios and drinks outside. And <laughs> Anyways, that's a problem that I will have to deal with. Hopefully, I get hurt and I'm stuck inside the house for, for the summer. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> I, I might make it. Um, yeah. Uh, so, what was he saying? <laughs> Supernatural. Oh, yes. Black Mirror. Um, yeah. Uh, first episode is really good. Second episode, not so much. Um, I heard there's a really fantastic one coming up. Uh, so I will uh, tweet about it once I've watched it. Hopefully this weekend. Um, that's pretty much it for TV, if I do recall. Um, so let's talk movies, shall we? Um, I watch a whole bunch. I know just on my way to and from Dominican, I was able to watch three movies uh, per leg of the trip. Um, oh, wow. So I'm not going to go through all of this, but some highlights. Um one of them I did review for the Alpha the Zuda the Alpha Challenge uh, from 1977 for the letter Sierra. It's the movie Super Van, which I posted probably a few weeks ago now. 
Or maybe it was and last week. I don't you know. You were super excited because you the last time you were on the show, you talked about it and we were, you were excited to watch it. And okay. So, I hadn't watched it yet. Okay, good. Right. Because I wasn't sure where in my timeline of, of my of my letterbox <laughs> diary where I cut myself off. Um, so, it's pretty bad, but it's good in a bad way. Um, so, again, uh, in 77, I guess van culture was a big thing then. You know, where in the 80s, people would airbrush like saber-toothed tigers and women right. on the side of the vans. Well, it was bigger in the 70s. So, this is about this van competition, kind of like a convention, where all these van guys would show up to like a camper, or like a camp out, uh, camping God. area. And it was like, you know, a, like a Friday to a Sunday weekend where they would just drink, have sex, and like do van competitions. See who the big van guy is. Because I think you win like 20 grand, which is huge in Jeez, 77. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in this one, this guy has a pretty pimped out van, sees a, or hears a girl getting raped by bikers. Okay. So he drives in, bashes the bikers' bikes, gets the girl, drives off. But then the bikers catch up, ruin his van. So he calls a buddy who's an engineer for a van company and lets him use the super van. Oh, it's boy. a solar powered van. That runs <laughs> yeah. on strictly solar power, so there's no carb, there's there's no gas needed. Um, funny enough, this guy, the inventor, works for a van company, who um, is also a oil magnet. So he wants people to use regular vans because he owns the gas company, so he makes money off the gas and off the vans. Uh, so he wants this super van to get squashed. Funny enough, the girl who is going to get rid of bikers is the daughter of the owner of the van and gas company. So now, <laughs> daddy is pissed off that daughter is with dude who's got the solar van that he's trying to squash before he gets to the competition because this is, he doesn't want the van to come out to the public. Sure. Good lord. Uh, yeah, so now go for a 70s exploitation film, or I guess not exploitation film, but... You know, it could have been a great exploitation film. Yeah. Just because the film... Now, again, it could be because I watched on Midnight Pulp and it's a weird cut of the film, but there's no nudity in it. And the mm. reason why I'm disappointed is because the film is shot almost like a sex comedy without nudity. Oh, so weird. at this van, because they're all vans, right? And all pimp vans. So everybody's jumping from van to van having sex orgies huh. when everybody keeps their clothes on. And even the dad who owns everything tries to have sex with, like, various people, and they keep their clothes, like, why? There's not even a wet t-shirt contest. Is there a wet t-shirt contest and you don't see fuck all? I don't remember. It's been so long. (laughs) But I'm like, this film would have been better with tits. Mm -hmm. Pardon my French. Um, And the thing that bugged me the most about this movie, though, is that because the van, 1977, the van is solar-powered, it's a van from the future, so it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't make engine sounds. It makes a high pitch, like whine, like wah, 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 wah. So as it drives, instead of hearing vroom, you're hearing wah, 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 wah. But the faster it goes, it goes higher pitch. Wah, 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 wah. So you're seeing all these like car driving montages and you hear this high pitch wail coming from my speakers of my sound system. I'm sure it's something fried because. Oh my God. It's so high pitch. Like blood would come out of my ears. I'm like, what's going on here? Do I have cancer of the head? I don't know. Um, it's a movie. It, it, the, the sound sucks. Um, but at the same time, though, the f- movie's kind of fun. It, it's PG. It could have been R. It would have been much better as a mm-hmm. sex comedy. Anyways, that's Supervan. I wrote a, a piece on it on Instagram. 
Um, I, ca- I kind of recommend it just because it's a time capsule and it's really weird. And I don't think van culture happens anymore. Like, I, I don't think this stuff happens anymore. I-, I would love for it to continue, but I, I don't think it does. So that's all for uh, Supervan. Um, one film I was very happy to watch with a crowd was 2016 The Void. Have you guys seen or heard of the film at all? No. I don't think so. No. Doesn't all right. This movie is awesome. Um, so it's it's a mix of Hellraiser, The Thing, Baskin, and it was one more. It's a mishmash of like really awesome horror movies. Um, oh, there's there's and some Lovecraft because it involves uh, tentacles, rebirths, monsters from another dimension, possibly gods, reincarnation. So this cop finds this guy side of the road. He's going crazy, takes him to the hospital. He's being chased by these druids in like white sheets with like a black triangle on the hood. And they all seem to converge on this hospital. Of course, the hospital power shuts down. Nothing works anymore. What's going on? Is it celestial? Is it extraterrestrial? I don't know. I am not going to ruin it. Um, it is really good. It's all special effects made by hand. There's no, not to my knowledge, no CGI. It's all practical effects. Mm. It's really cool. It's creepy. It's gross. It was so much fun to watch this with a crowd. I saw this at the Mayfair. They only had three screenings. I was able to catch it on the last night that they were uh, playing it. Um, I know it's being released in the States or North America, I should say, by DiabolicDVD.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess they've got the right to release it, uh, you know, for for Blu-ray release. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it comes out next month. I still haven't placed my order yet. I kind of want to. I'm also hoping that after that initial release, it goes on to Amazon.ca and I can buy it without going to the States and pay duty on it. Right. But at the same time, I don't want to lose out on getting a first-run copy of this film. It is really cool. I totally recommend it. Or at least check it out online or whatever. Um I think it's on VOD, so you can watch it on VOD as well right now. But uh, the uh, actual physical copies comes out next month. Awesome. But definitely have to check it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I recommend it. Um, next one, I watched this on the plane to the Dominican, uh, a.k.a. Uh, the Babysitter's Club Island. Um, <laughs> uh, 2015's No Escape with uh, Owen Wilson, Lake Bell, Pierce Bronson. Anybody see this one? Um, no, okay. I think uh, I think Chris reviewed it for the website. He went to a screening of it. It's kind of like yeah. a, a well, pretty much movie, right? Yeah, it's funny that you know I'm flying to. Let's be honest, Dominican is a third world country. Uh, it's it's pretty rough. Um, so I'm flying to Dominican, and this is about a family that flies to I believe the Philippines or Vietnam, and there is a coup, and now. Yeah. There's these people like that are anti-government that are just it's just they're just killing anybody that's anti that's pro-government, <laughs> including uh, any white person that's in the city at this time. Yeah. So now uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, Owen Wilson, Lake Bell, and their two kids try to escape um, Vietnam or Philippines. Sorry, I don't remember which which was it. Uh, duh, 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 doesn't say which com- uh, which country. Anyways, so it's it, it it's a uh, it's a an action thriller about escaping a foreign country. Scary as fuck, especially when you can't read the language, you know? 
mm-hmm. um, or even even <laughs> talk uh, the language. Right. Um, I really dug it. I thought it was really good. Oh, um, okay. I dismissed it when I saw it, when it was in the theaters. Yeah. Saw it on Netflix. Downloaded it to my iPad, and I oh man, it killed an hour and forty five minutes of my flight. It was really good. That's so surprising, but I'm glad. You know, I'm kind of surprised as well. I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did. And Pierce Bronson is kind of slimy, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like him in The Matador, but just a little greasier. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, pretty much, I'm just going to talk about movies that I liked that in the last few weeks, just because yeah. I, I could talk for hours about the movies I didn't. Um, <laughs> making it quick, the next one I saw was The Infiltrator with Brian Cranston. Uh, John oh, okay. Guzamo's in it. Uh, Dan Kruger's in it. It's on Netflix right now. Again, these films are all on Netflix. Um, and it's about uh, Brian Cranston, who plays uh, Robert Mazur, who's a, uh, I think he's a DEA agent. I don't think he's CIA. I think he's DEA. And he goes undercover to pretty much topple uh, Pablo Escobar. So it's his story. Um, really good. I like Brian Cranston. Um, John was good in it as well. Um, I like... Movies about 80s uh, cocaine wars. There's two fantastic docs on Netflix. At least they used to be called Cocaine Cowboys and Cocaine Cowboys 2. They're oh, oh, so good. Um, so I, I like this one as well. I just I just like this era and all this drug culture stuff. I just find it interesting as fuck how it infiltrated um, Miami and how it really shaped Miami as we know it today. You right. Know? Very cool stuff. Um, I'm going to talk about two more. Uh, cool. next one is uh, from 2013 called Coherence. It's on the Netflix as well. I feel like uh, I may have seen that one. Sounds yeah. so familiar. Best known actor that you would recognize right away in the film would be Nicholas Brennan, uh, from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, so this is about a, a dinner party. Oh, or yeah, a bunch- right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I did see this one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're a bunch of friends get together for a dinner party. Um, during the, a comet passing, uh, through, uh, by Earth, uh, all power shuts down in the area except for one house that they're going to investigate and shit happens from there. Um, if I explain what shit happens, it would ruin f- the fun of the film. Um, I really dug this movie. Uh, it was a bit of a brain fuck. Um, an iron fist fuck, if you will. Um, <laughs> until you actually realize exactly what's going on and then, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, I had never heard of this movie up until I saw it on Netflix. So the movie is about four years old now. It came out in August. Well, it was filmed in 2013. It came out in August of 2014, so about three years. Um, I really recommend it as well. Don't want to spoil it. Part of the fun is to unravel the mystery as you go along. Do you remember liking this one? So I actually wrote a uh, capsule review on it. So let me read you oh, what okay. my uh, final thoughts were. So I said it was an admirable effort. It's a risk that mostly pays off, though it won't have a huge audience. Time travel fans will surely want to check it out. Just give it time to find its flow about 30 minutes. And I gave it two and a half out of four. And I gave it like six out of 10 on IMDb. Okay. Um, yeah. so I, I liked it. I, I think I expected more from it, I guess. Or I don't, I don't, frankly, I don't remember. Yeah. But, uh, I'm just looking at my IMDb, uh, my, IMDb, my uh, letterbox around and see what I gave it out of five. Mm-hmm. And I think I gave it six. How is that possible? <laughs> That's impossible. This oh, is called vamping. Um, I gave it – I gave it four out of five stars. I really liked it. Okay, good. Really liked it. And last one I'm going to talk about because I've spoken for much too long is The Fate of the Furious. It's okay. the only movie I saw on Tuesday for a cheap day just because uh, of time constraints. And um, if you're a fan of the series, you're going to love this one. 
It's so dumb. It's so <laughs> stupid. It is so much fun. It's ridiculous. You can't take it seriously. It's, and you know, and now we're the eighth film in the series. We're, we're, yeah. I'm invested in the characters so much um, that, you know, I, 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 care, I do care. I care. What can I say? I care. <laughs> okay, guy, you know? Um, I I saw this at the theater. I think we're maybe six people because it's been like two weeks and it was like on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. But I, I watched it in D box, so it's when it's those special seats that actually move. Yeah, I've never action. seen a movie like that before. Oh my god! If I was a girl and I just wore a skirt <laughs> to this movie every time the that oh I'd I'd I'd, I'd be so moist, <laughs> oh so moist. Oh god. The engines rumble, you know, when they're idling waiting to race. I'm like, oh, oh, I miss you, Brian. You know? It, oh, well, it was god. real it was fun. And there's a sequence in New York City which I fucking enjoyed big time. Um again, won't ruin it because I don't want to be a the spoiler guy, but oh the rain scene was fucking phenomenal. Those who have seen it and liked it will be like, yeah, Mac, you're right. It was awesome. I wish I was a girl too and I could be like, oh, oh, oh you know. Um, yeah, I think ne- next time I'm going to go see uh, uh, Fast and Furious 9. I might bring one of those flashlights with me. I don't know yet. I'm debating. Oh, I'm debating. God. I might have to wear a tarp so I can hide the flashlight because it'd be oh. weird. We know it'd Mark's back when we talk about porn and flashlights. You're welcome, Cinefish <laughs> fans. Uh, but yes, um, I, I, I liked it a lot. I recommend it. It's just, it's fun summer action fun. You know, how to start and end the sentence with fun. <laughs> so that's, what I just, that's what I just did. Fuck you all. But uh, yes. You know, that's a series. I watched like the first three. Tokyo Drift was the third one, right? Yes. I watched the first three in theaters and then I've never watched another one since. Oh, dude. Four brings everybody so- back together and yeah, then they get so much fun. Five is where it really, really gets fun. I have to, I, yeah. to be honest, I don't recall exactly what happens in four. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. But five happens in Brazil. It becomes a heist movie. And then the from there, it's no longer. That was, that was a good one, yeah. Yeah, it's no longer about racing. It's it's just like they become like a commando team by 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 eight. It's like yeah. you know they're 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 in uh, this black ops as uh, you know shadow government group is like telling them what to do and flying them to fucking Antarctica with like you know Lamborghinis. Like it makes no sense. They're fucking street racers, you know. But it is so much fun, and the rocks awesome, and Jason Statham's awesome, and six, seven, eight are really tied strong together. So I, I you know what. If you ever want a Cinefessions challenge, I would re- – oh, hold on, guys. I smell arc. That's what I do. <laughs> that's I, what I was going to say. No matter uh, what, I don't care what we're in the middle of. When Final Fantasy – or Final Fantasy – when Fast and the Furious 9 comes out, we're going to have to arc through the whole fucking thing. I smell arc. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> For 2019. 2020, whenever that happens. Right. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. I'll put that's my $20 crazy. in right now. I'll pay my ticket. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. And, uh, you know what? And I'm going to end there. I could talk for a good another four or five minutes, but I'm going to stop now. Okay. I'm going oh, to stop right now. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Not that you're stopping, but that you had a lot to talk about. That's excellent. Do you hear that? I I hear applause. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I, think, I think the van movie did cause brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> What's this red stuff on me? I don't know. Oh, God. I, I think my face is spotting. <laughs> So with that, let's move over to our review for the week. So today we are talking about 
Club Dread from 2004. And as always, there will be spoilers for this film, and it is a slasher film. So if you don't want the killer ruined for you and you've not seen the film, make sure you hit pause, go watch the movie, come on back and hit play and listen to our discussion on the film. So Club Dread from 2004, actually uh, Broken Lizards Club Dread from 2004, I guess is more correct. It was directed by by Jay you can Chandra Sikar. Yeah. Butchered that. Um, and it's written by Broken Lizard, which is actually a group of five people that were in the film um, playing like five of the different leads. So that's like a comedy troupe. I had no idea until I was researching this film that that was the case. But yeah. that's what Broken Lizard is. So that's those five. Yes. Uh, they did like Super Troopers, um, what, Beer Fest. Um, Slamming Salmon. Slamming Salmon, Puddle Cruiser. Uh, yeah. So they have a good amount of films under them. And they just, uh, I think Super Super Troopers 2 should be coming out very soon. Yes. Yep, you're absolutely right. Definitely right. So this one has an IMDb score of 5.6 out of the 24,528 votes at time of recording. It holds a Metacritic score of 45, a 29% tomato meter, and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 43%. It had an $8.6 million budget with a $4.9 million gross. So, Ash, what is your history with Club Dread? Uh, this is the first time I had even heard of it. So this is the oh really? Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And Mark, what about you? I already know you have the poster. Oh, dude, yeah. Um, I love Super Troopers, mm-hmm. and I love Club Dread, but I never saw them in theaters. So this was, I picked it up when it came out on DVD, and this is what I still have. It's, oof, I need to upgrade because the DVD did not look good on a big 3D LED screen. Yeah. Uh, there's some parts that looked a little choppy. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, uh, I've watched it, I don't know how many times since, but uh, I initially bought it on DVD and uh, have loved it ever since. Excellent. Yeah, you know, I enjoy Super Troopers as well and um, uh, didn't catch it in theaters, only saw it at a buddy's house after the fact it was out on on DVD. Um, This one I rented from Blockbuster and I don't think as this finished, I don't think I watched it all the way through. Um, Something about it, I just wasn't feeling it at all. Um, and I think I turned it off because I didn't remember the second half of this at all. Like, I feel like I maybe only watched like the first 20 minutes maybe and yeah. then turned it off, which I thought I'd seen this whole thing before, but I really don't think I did. So, um, this is basically a, a first time for me, uh, first time viewing for me. So seconds in, we had this very full bikini drugs and then just like ridiculous dialogue with the guy saying, lick my chest. I mean, like I was, this is, and then what's his next line? This, this guy's going to be picking teeth out of my dump. Like I was just like, oh my God, like this is going to be fun. And um, I was very excited to see where it went from there. Um, and then of course, from there, it goes to uh, nudity, jump scares after jump scare, a threesome, blowjobs, machetes blood i mean what the fuck was not to love in those first opening minutes there it, it sounds like what a bachelor party should be <laughs> right absolutely <laughs> right guys it's what it should be right oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh goodness gracious but yeah it, it, it's funny when you look on the imdb page mm-hmm. that the girl with the bikini at the beginning she she gets first billing. I was <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, Cass, that's most well known. I'm like, no, she is not most well known. <laughs> right. I, I appreciate her her uh, appearance in this film mm-hmm. immensely, Absolutely. but I don't know why she gets first billing. <laughs> I know IMDb lists things in such a weird order. Sometimes I just don't know why they do that. Yeah, but 
But yeah, huh, that opening scene was up based off of the film. Yeah, <laughs> or people kind of turn it off after like, okay, I'm spent. <laughs> what, what were you doing? Oh man, <laughs> what's that smell? <laughs> I love that um, how he he asked the uh, the blind girl to smack him, and then she's like looking up and being just, like terrified that she sees this killer behind him, and he's like, oh come on, I'm just asking you to smack me. It's not that big of a deal. And then he gets sliced. I thought that was very funny, and it just worked really well because it was so stupid. Yeah, it's 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 really part of my French. It's really uh, retarded. <laughs> it really is a lot of it, it, it's it's stoner comedy though. Like that's yeah, a, like you're supposed to you know when when it becomes legal in your state, you're supposed to smoke a bowl, sit back, mm-hmm. and watch this. You know, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the end where she's falling about to fall down the cliff, and she grabs the machete by the blade, and her hand slides across it. I thought was so disgusting. I hate shit like that. Me too. Man, then you have man. to let it heal before you can use it. Right. Oh man. But yeah, I I really enjoyed the opening. Uh, it really sets the tone for what you're getting. Um, and and it never really um disappoints as as it continues on from what you get there. Obviously, there's not as much nudity as it goes on. You do get some, uh, which is is quite fantastic. But very fantastic. Yeah. Cheryl Ladd. Oh boy, she's yep. Ah, oh, she's great. Oh, pardon Pinalo. me. Jordan Ladd. Cheryl Ladd is her mother. It's Jordan Ladd who plays Penelope. Oh, right. You know what? I didn't even realize it was Jordan Ladd. Huh. Yeah. How yeah. about that? Well, good for uh, her. Jordan Ladd. And I believe she was also in the Cabin Fever, I believe. Yeah, she was. You're right. I don't think she was naked in Cabin Fever. No, Does I don't, she, I don't she think so. She, just gets, she gets gross. Um, she gets yes. like the one gets really sick. Yeah. But, but no, she, she doesn't get sick in this one. Mm-mm. She is sick in this one. Yeah. Penelope's awesome. Yeah. Um. So the the first time we meet uh, Lars, the only thing I could think of was, holy shit, this looks like Jack Black's character, and I still know what you did last summer. Yeah, my my wife, when she saw him, was like, is that Jack Black? <laughs> I know, it definitely has the same same look. Was and I, he I was like, in that movie? I don't remember him in that film. Yeah, Jack Black. He was like the stoner um, on the island in Hawaii or wherever the hell they go, the island. That they win, quote unquote, win the trip to, and I still know what you did last summer. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Oh yeah, yeah. But okay, yeah. He looks very. He has dreadlocks. Jack Black does his character in that, but he's like wearing like that same type of shirt and everything. It just looks very similar. Okay, and they have very similar body types, but oh, yeah, yeah. It's, so similar face, like too. it's not just. Yeah, that. they do. They definitely do. Um. So right at the beginning, you, they start setting up all the suspects, and obviously, you know, this is satire by the way they're doing it. You know, you get the fun police. Um, the, the look he gives the guy who was murdered in the beginning, you can tell that he, you know, in the music plays, um, and, and then, then you get like, um, what's his name? Um, and yeah, the D like everything. Yeah. Um, and so it's obvious satire, but I thought it worked really well. It, it made me chuckle. So I enjoyed that. What, what I do find funny and maybe it's just me, but, uh, when Juan comes on and he says, you know, his, his title is water sports. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm thinking, ah, oh, he's into pissing. I, that's the first thing my mind went to. Uh, you too, right, guys? Right, yeah, yeah. It was okay. the first thought. The first Good. thought that came across my mind. Oh, that's even. Yes, that was. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so the uh, the Paxton alarm went off pretty early on here. Um, oh. Coconut Pete and Bill Paxton is Coconut Pete. 
And, uh, I, you know, I'm just right from the beat. I'll just say it right now. I, I, this has to be one of the most fun roles I've seen him play. And because I feel like he's having such a great time with it, he's so free to do whatever the hell he wants. And yeah. it's fantastic. He, he seems to be just into the role. Yeah. Because it's silly, but it's mm-hmm. fun. Like, and he sounds good. Yeah, like, he does. I, I would buy a Coconut Pete record. <laughs> no, like all the music here in 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 this in this film is actually they're decent songs, right? They're you funny, know, yeah. they're, they're silly mellow Jimmy Buffett songs, and it's mm. funny because they actually mentioned uh, in the um, in the, one of the commentaries I listened to that they screened this film for uh, for Jimmy Buffett. Oh, really? And, yeah, and he he liked it enough that he asked them permission to sing some Coconut Pete songs while he's on tour. <laughs> That's fucking so, fantastic. It's very meta, you know. That's awesome, and I love how 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 much Coconut Pete hates hates it. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, Jimmy Buffett, hates yeah, and Margaritaville. So funny. Don't but man, you mean? Uh, oh God, uh, uh, Pina Coladaberg. Yeah, Pina Colada. <laughs> it's so dumb. I but think so you funny. mean. It yeah. fucking came out like a decade <laughs> right. before. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> oh, it's so oh. awesome. Um, yeah, he he is awesome, and like I would go to his resort. It seems like so much fun. Oh, it's it's the hedonistic resort that you want. It's, yes, yes, that I that I don't need anymore. But yes, that I want. Right, exactly. Not that you need, but that you want. Nope. Um, I don't want. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, in this movie, it, I mean, just filled with beautiful women, like <laughs> the entire fucking movie. And God bless it for it. Um, what's her Jenny Brittany Daniel? Oh, she's so gorgeous yeah. in this. Wow. She. It, it's funny. The first thing I think of when I see her, and and every time I watch this movie, I think the Babysitters Club. <laughs> she was in the TV show The Babysitters Club. Oh, really? Okay, I did not know that. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at her because I'm thinking, what has she done since? Because I don't really see her anywhere, right? Mm, not right. And. Really, she was in White Chicks, which I barely remember her in. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a Terry, uh, Terry Crews guy. Oh. Skyline's fucking horrible. But apart from that, she did. She does a lot of TV. Yeah. She was like, she did after this. She did uh, a BET show called uh, the uh, the Game, and she's on it for like 80 episodes. Mm. So that's why she didn't really t- do too much uh, f- uh, film stuff, is because she was on TV a lot. Yeah. And by the way, Skyline is very underrated. You are so wrong with that one. No. No, yeah. no, Sky- like- okay, are we talking about the same film? The one with uh, uh, the guy from Six Feet Under? Yeah, oh, Eric. I uh, oh, I yeah, like er- yes, yes, Eric, whatever his name is. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that movie is fucking horrible. Are you serious? Oh, it's I like horrible. it. horrible. Oh, I, I hate it. Everyone hated on it when it came out, and I ended up watching it, and I was like, oh, why does, why, what is so fucking terrible about this? This is, this is oh, good. Eric Balfour. Exactly. Everything. Eric Balfour, as much as I, I like him in Six and Under, he's like the death touch of films. <laughs> if I see him cast, I know the film's going to suck. Not because of him. He's good. He just picks really horrible projects. Yeah. I might be by his, a, a girl I went to uh, undergrad he's with a, for a couple of years is in that movie. really good in uh, Haven uh, that was on sci-fi for a while. Oh, I didn't see that. I thought you were going to say, yeah, you know, kind of biased because a girl used to, you know, go to school with looked like her. or looked like him. And I okay, oh, fucked no. up the joke. Unfortunately, I'm speaking not. too fast. I'm very excited <laughs> because it's Club Dread, and I'm fucking up my own punchlines. Oh, man, I'm gonna take a breath. Admittedly, <laughs> but I enjoyed that. I thought it was pretty good. But oh, back oh. to the task at hand here. Yes. We can uh, debate that in uh, some other arc. Yes, but- on a or on a Patreon podcast. 
Yeah. Oh, there you go. See, that's huh? that's what I'm talking about. That would be so a lot of there? fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh man. So uh, this was such a fucking stupid moment, but I. <laughs> laughing my ass off the two like douchebag guys <laughs> checking out the women I, it's just so fucking dumb and then he like <laughs> he fucking like grabs him like he's gonna hug him and it gets super awkward that was so <laughs> funny and i'm still dying like i'm watching it right now but like it was so fucking hilarious i thought it's pretty funny oh it's so dumb but so funny I wish I wish I would have seen more of those guys you do see them a couple times but not together and i wish we would have seen them more together as the movie went on but well, uh, you, you do remember, you know, at the end when everybody's running from the bar. Yeah. Well, you see a pretzel and a watermelon fucking by the oh, pool. Oh, yeah. That's them. What? Are you yes. serious? I didn't it, know that. I didn't catch it. They, they eventually said, yeah, because one kind of <laughs> starts making the advances. Yeah, they're fucking. That's fucking in great. Those costumes that you see earlier in the whole, yep. uh, whole Pac-Man maze uh, Which thing. Is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I love that. I did not catch that. And I'm yep. loving that. That's the fact. That's the way it is. It's so great. Oh, man. Um, I loved Hank. I When he popped on screen, I was like, holy shit, who is he? Super familiar. And then, I hit, then it hit me after looking his IMDb. Lost. He's from Lost. Is where I know him from. And Django Unchained. So we talked about him months back when we talked about Django. Uh, but Lost is really what I know him from. And um, I love – it was so dumb and, and easy – but I still worked for this film that he's this pro, this former serial killer profiler. And so it kind of gives um, – it gives an easy way to put somebody there that knows something. But then they say, fuck that. We're killing him like minutes later. So I was like, oh, okay. But it, it worked It worked well for me and I, I enjoyed that. I, and I like how, you know, he he talks big, talking smack to the killer. Yeah. And the killer just swipes him. I know. He just walks up and kills him. Oh, it's like what the you idiot! Like that's so great. Yeah, I mean, I just I laughed a lot, <laughs> a hell of a lot during this movie. Yeah, yeah, I I do find the first half is better than the second half, but uh, yeah, I I just find the first half is really really strong compared to the rest of the film, and it's pretty much every scene has like five or six really good laughs in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of of the laughs, I would definitely agree with you. I think it's definitely you know the comedy is more set up in the beginning, um, but I enjoyed. But what I thought was interesting with it was how well it was able to turn into the straight slash. Not straight. It's definitely still comedic throughout the whole thing, but more of the straight slasher, and yeah. that grabbed me. And I was like, "Who's the killer?" I I didn't guess the killer. He was probably my second guess, maybe, but. Still, I was, you know, surprised and I enjoyed it. Um, and I thought it was, it was tense when they were running from him, trying to, you know, stay out of his view at different points. Um, just different things. I thought they did really well with the tension at the end, as well mm-hmm. as they did with the, the comedy at the beginning. And it's one of those things where it could really be anybody. Yeah. You right. know, because the reason itself is still kind of petty, but like, it, it, like it, it really, let's say they had a rewrite at the last minute, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have changed the film. You can put anybody in it. Right. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, so we, we see Carlos, or so we know Carlos dies, but we don't actually get to see him die, which I thought was a little disappointing. And that's kind of one of the things that I wish they did more in this was on-screen gore. I feel like we get, we don't get a lot of it. Um, what we do have is is good and it's fun, but like watching Carlos die should have been on screen. I think like that would have been better. Yeah, I, I still think just because you know it's a horror comedy, but more mm-hmm. comedy than horror. 
Yeah. You know, like it's not like a Shaun of the Dead where like the gore right. is is kind of necessary, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, st- I mean it's it's a it's a hard R obviously with all the nudity yeah. like horror film or horror comedy. I feel like they went so far with the comedy. I feel like if they would have gone that far with the horror elements, it would have been just you know, lights out. Sure. Yeah, no, I I'd agree with that. And I would have loved to see more. Mm-hmm. Um like more more boobs, more more gore. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it it, it, it like, Myself, again, being a big fanboy of this film, it did satisfy what I wanted. The thing is, you know, like, it's funny because the first time I saw this, I was kind of disappointed just because I'm expecting Super Troopers, you know? Okay. Because, like, when I first saw this, I can still see the actors playing their characters from their previous film. Yeah. So, knowing that they weren't, you know, because, like, in in this one – uh, uh, Lars, you know, he's the hero, mm-hmm. but in Super Troopers, you know, right. he, as Farva, you know, he, he's like, he's the gross bully kid, you know, like he, yeah. he's, he's gross, you know? So it's just, to me, it took a few viewings to actually just change my, my paradigm of thinking on this mm-hmm. and make it a separate film and not a continuation of the previous film. And right. I don't know why, but I think it's because I had watched Super Troopers so much that I was kind of hoping for more and, it wasn't, but upon multiple viewings, I kind of appreciate what they did more every time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, out of curiosity, Ash, have you seen Super Troopers? Uh, like one time on TV. Okay. I have not okay. seen it unedited, so. Gotcha. Oh, you have to. It's, it's, it's so funny. It to me, that's a I, film that holds up. I, I wasn't impressed with it enough to go outside of the Yeah. I don't know. It, it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow. So the relationship between uh, Lars and Jenny was pretty funny because obviously he's you know just touches her and makes her orgasm or just makes her feel really good different times whatever the situation is. And um, I love how he walks up to her one point and says, "I could see how tight you were from a mile away." And then her <laughs> response, "I'm like, oh my god, this is hilarious. I just love that." Or just when her her back is to him, he walks up. She's drinking. He touches her, and she just spills whatever's in her mouth on her on her neck. Oh, that made me laugh. And then she does something to him, and he spit things right in her face. Oh, that's so dumb. I need some water. It's oh, it's so dumb. And, and what's funny too is because like she's super hot, you know, mm-hmm. like she's really. Good. I, I find her very attractive, yeah, and to have her like lose control, right? And and, and just, oh, yeah, I just, I, I just, I just loved it. I really mm-hmm. did. I, I loved that, like you said, that if they needed to do a rewrite, they could. And I think it's purposely purposely set up that way because virtually everybody. Is could be a suspect, you know. Jenny talks about how she was waiting for her big big break, and then the instructor dies. So I mean that she could have killed her, and you know she's a killer. She could be the suspect. Um, obviously, Lars is kind of like a super creepy fanboy. He could be yeah. a weirdo, you know. Um, Putnam wants Jenny, and so he could be, you know. Everybody has a reason that they could be the killer. It would have been great if they did like a clue finish, where they had like five <laughs> or six different endings, right? Because it, it it would work, you know. Mm-hmm. At least, no, maybe not the whole like, chasing thing, but you know, they could right. rearrange it where it really could be, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, hmm. Ash, were you able to guess the killer on this one? Um, I wasn't at first, uh, but then I realized, um, 
after like after they go to look for the the, the Jack Black lookalike. Uh, yeah, Lars. Yeah, and the room's empty. I'm like, wait a minute. We haven't really seen him much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of like. Eh, I think it's him. Then it just yeah went from there. But. Gotcha. Yeah. So my initial thought was that it was going to be like the stupid cousin, uh, whatever the fuck his name was, or yeah, not cousin, but nephew was rather. My, he was my oh, the DJ. Yes, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Because I thought maybe he was just bullshit and he couldn't be that dumb. Yeah. Um, but th- but then as that kept going. The cop, um, who actually is the killer, uh, Steve, Sam. Sam, Sam, yeah, so okay, Sam, he, um, just the way he kept like pushing them to split up, pushing that it was <laughs> Lars and non being nonstop, but I was like, mm, maybe it's him. Um, and so that's why I say he was probably like my second choice. Um, okay. but I thought, like you said, it could have been anybody, and was that really the point? Not really. Um, it was just the way it was all set up was the point. I enjoyed how it was set up. Um, and I like the just the 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 image of him coming out of the uh, the mud at the end. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> that was cool, and just the fact that well, I guess we'll get to the end at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, two scenes that I really loved in this movie mm-hmm. was the Machete Pete story. Yes, yeah. I was just I just wrote that. I was looking at my note on that one. Absolutely right. I thought like, okay, yeah, sure. It's the hook on on the door handle of the car type thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then. When they do the whole dick thing, yeah, and Putnam gets up, <laughs> funny, right? Because oh, Mel hilarious. nudity is funny. Exactly. But then when Dave gets up, he's going to do the same thing. It's even funnier. <laughs> so you're an asshole. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, and well, what's funny, you notice he's got a lot of bush there, mm-hmm. and that's because apparently he didn't fully tuck properly, so you could see part of his dick, <laughs> uh, and oh. he didn't have any pubic hair, so they had oh, to digitally man. draw pubic hair on him. That's hilarious. <laughs> What a job is that? It's like, oh, right. what did you do today? Oh, I drew pubic hair in the guy. Right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, jeez. It was it was very it was very reminiscent of uh, the uh, end of a, of a horror movie. I guess I won't say because it's a spoiler. I guess for that movie, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Silence. Uh, no, uh, I'll, I'll message you after. But um, okay. it was very reminiscent of that, and um, I thought that was enjoyable. And I thought there were a couple nods to other horror films in this. Um, at the end. Obviously, oh, the nod to Friday the 13th, the, the slow motion jumping out of the water. Uh, I mean, it's enjoyable. Oh, there's even the Jaws reference. Yeah. When uh, So, when they're in the barn, they're like, oh, shit, they're going to, you know, if we don't act normal, they're going to kill us. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the when the uh, bodyguard, um, uh, Hank, when he's slurping on his drink to get everybody's attention, then yeah. he talks. That that's the, It's an homage to Jaws um, in the uh, scene where uh, – uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's it, it, it. Well, at least they, I didn't no- notice it until they actually said it to me. But now, after I read the, I, I watched a commentary, and I watched that scene again. I'm like, yeah, that's it's a nod to, to Jaws, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely, I'm with you. I wouldn't, I didn't catch it when it was happening, but I, I definitely understand where it's coming from, and I remember that in Jaws. So that's yeah, I like that. You know, it's they're not as obvious homages to these horror films as you see in a lot of these movies, and I appreciate that more. I guess. Well. It's something they didn't mention uh, at all in the film, and I don't think anybody would have caught it. That the you know like the club on the on the resort, mm-hmm. um, the nightclub was called Johnny Chimpo's nightclub, which is a reference to Johnny Chimpo, 
who had the it was the monkey with the uh, banana like a penis that was on all the weed in Super Troopers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they mentioned it on huh. on the on the commentary, but there's no way I would have noticed that right. watching the film by itself. Yeah. Still huh. thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, I fucking love the human Pac-Man. What a cool idea, especially with these <laughs> bikini-clad women running after you. I mean, that was just funny. I enjoyed that scene altogether. Uh, obviously, you get like the the fruit fucking, and then uh, the the eventually. And I thought it was actually genuinely creepy moment is when the killer was in the maze. I really liked that. I thought it was just really well done. Oh sure, again a bit of a shining reference, I suppose. Right with the maze, um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. And it's funny how they had to, you know, you knew it was a Pac-Man song, Mm -hmm. but they had to change it so it wasn't exactly the Pac-Man song, (laughs) you know? Uh, But uh, yeah, that is a very funny sequence. Yeah, no doubt. Penelope is such an odd character. I just kept writing down like, man, she's so odd. She's so odd. Um, And obviously it's to it's to you know build her as a suspect is why they do it clearly um but i love kind of the reveal and how she'd be like of all the people that survived she's gonna be one of them like it was so random but i like that i love the reveal as well yeah i loved it a long time (laughs) i know (laughs) oh man yeah and and just the the whole sequence is funny so you've got you've got one Mm -hmm. in bed with penelope and then you've got uh jenny You've got uh, Sam and is it Dave in the closet? Yeah. Yeah. Ready to attack in, in case she becomes, you know, she reveals that she's the killer. Right. And instead of revealing she's a killer, they re- uh, she reveals that she's a child gymnast who's always felt, uh, <laughs> she was always in the gym and wants to let loose. Yeah. Then she pops her top off, does some flippy back shit, lands on one, and they go at it. Yeah, it's like, ah. And I love, fantastic. I love at the end how he comes up to the closet and, and Jenny's like, how would you like it if you were locked in this closet and I went out there and had sex? And he goes, that's a great idea. <laughs> oh, so funny. I did think oh. that was funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah. It, it was pretty good. And uh, thank you again, Miss uh, Lad. I, I enjoyed your performance. Fantastic. Um, going back to when um, Hank dies – Yes. Um, one of my favorite lines from it is you've just shat in the one apple pie that knows how to shit back. And then he fucking <laughs> dies. Like, oh my, what a great fucking line to die on. Just so good. So funny. He's so tough at the same time. It makes no sense. I know. Yeah, it like, exactly. It, it's like the line from uh, happy Gilmore. You know, I eat pieces of shit for you for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And like, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminds me so much of what, cause I was like, you said, I was watching through the WrestleManias of listening to like ultimate warrior and like Sid vicious or Sid, whoever you want to call him. Psycho Sid sure. just rant on in their fucking promos. Like you motherfuckers, you're not making any sense. You're just yelling loudly, like, and Pretty being much. intense, like talk and say something, but that's, that's why I never liked ultimate warrior. I just, between him yelling yeah. and spitting to the God, camera, I'm so like, ah, you have nice paint jobs, but yeah, you know, right. I just can't get behind you. I, I mean, I used to love him, um, but yeah, I, I definitely now watching, see how crazy he was. Mm-hmm. I love the shot. I forget the, the character's name, but when it's a, a woman who dies, you, I think, why you? Um, if when she's like driving away in the golf cart and the killer's literally walking up next to her quicker <laughs> than she's moving. The one part yes. problem I had with the golf cart sequence is she puts the key in and you hear an engine turn over. It's a fucking electric golf cart. <laughs> yeah. I was like, really? Yeah. Come on. Especially since they did the battery yeah. gag. I'm like, oh, that that's stupid. 
Right. It should have went me, 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 Or moo, 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 because it wasn't going very fast. Oh, gosh. It's a super cart. Yeah, exactly. I loved the um, the costume designer's choices for Jenny because it was just basically what's the next skimpiest outfit we can put her in. So that's always a good thing. <sighs> always a good thing. <laughs> big, big fan of crop tops and right hand and uh, yeah, that's yeah. a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the. Um, <laughs> I love the juxtaposition of them having like a serious discussion about who the killer is and and what the lyrics on the board me- meant and all that, all while they were doing this stupid crab dance. That just made me laugh. I thought that was so fucking dumb, but it was it was hilarious. Like, I was legit bummed when Coconut Pete passed away. Oh, I know. I like, 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 oh. like, I was actually I, kind of annoyed we didn't get a death scene for him because I was like, yeah. Oh, like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Such a main character, a major player. Like, because as his, uh, as his, what? Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, you know, Paxton would have hammed the shit out of that. It would have been. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just like how his, his staff is dwindling and he's getting two, uh, oh, he, two guys don't speak English. Yeah, it was so cook. funny. And his freak out in the kitchen so where he great. actually takes the coconut and hits the clock. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't supposed to. Oh, <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he he just like like you mentioned before, he must have had so much fun mm-hmm. because he's not known like sure he was in you know he was in um, in word science and that's a comedy, but he's not yeah. known as a comedic actor, right? But he's a very funny guy. Absolutely, he was hilarious you know? in this. I loved how sensitive he was. Um, uh, like when Jenny starts talking about this is the the stupidest fucking song I've ever heard, and he's like, "Oh, that's fine. How, I, I, how many gold records do you have?" <laughs> like, it's just fucking great. He's, he's very protective of his legacy. Yeah, he is. Like you know, like he, he's got you know he's a he's got a lot of money. He can do this own thing, but he's also like very protective of his uh, of his intellectual property. You know, yeah. <laughs> which I think is very funny. Yeah. I, it's, uh, it's such a good character, just well written and very, very humorous. Mm-hmm. So we learn. So just more about like them setting up everybody as a suspect. First off, they're playing Penelope up as it. Um, Putnam, Putnam is so like over the top and ridiculous. And that actually, Putnam is is actually the director of the film. Yes. If you, mm-hmm. I'm sure you knew that, but some people might not. Um, and. Um, yeah, and so I thought that's interesting. I, always interesting to me when the actors or when the director is acting in the film is why I think it's fascinating. But um, and we actually got that last week too with uh, Frailty, Bill Paxton. But yep. anyway, um, and then um, we find out that Pete's sister-in-law and brother were trampled to death at one of his concerts, which is why his nephew was working for him. Which was another reason I thought maybe that it could have been him. Um, but then at the end, when they kind of play that off. And he's like, well, here's something you don't know. And then he says it and everyone's like, no, you dick. Like, we all know that. Why would you bring that up? Like, that's horrible. I thought that was humorous too. Just the way they set that up and they set it up for quite a while. And then that's the payoff. And it's like, oh, good for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there's so many like subtle, like you've got the overt humor, you know, mm-hmm. but then you've got like, if you really listen and watch over and over again, you get the little subtle like jokes and jabs. Yeah. That you might not catch upon first pass of the film. Mm-hmm. But once you get to know the, the characters better, it's actually it gets funnier and funnier. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, there's definitely one I could see like enjoying more on on multiple viewings. 
Um, I liked, I thought Jenny was going to die and I was just like, whoa, fucking Jenny cannot die. What is happening here? And then uh, the douchebag Dirk gets it. And so I was like, oh, okay. He gets electrocuted with the stupid throwing of the TV in the pool thing. I thought it was funny, but I was glad Jenny didn't die. That's for sure. Me too. I liked her. Mm-hmm. And her scene with Lars in, I don't remember whose bedroom it was. Maybe it's hers? No, no. Yeah. Maybe it's Putnam's. I'm not, I don't remember exactly. It's hers. The it's, whole, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. The whole under the bed thing, funny yep. enough. But the scene when, or the, I guess the part when they go into the shower and then they <laughs> pretend to go through out the window, but they mm-hmm. don't because Lars is a big guy. All right. And then Lars, as the killer kills Putnam, then throws his bloody <laughs> towel on Lars's face. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Like to add insult to injury, it just, it just made me laugh so hard. I know, I love that. And he's like, "Soap now, please." I thought it was very funny. <laughs> he's like, I can't move right now. I fucking is is absolutely dumb and and just ridiculous as it was. I thought it was fucking incredible that Juan's reveal was that he fucked a goat, and that's why he was in prison. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What is this? Why? But oh, it made me laugh. He lived on a goat farm and he, exactly. he was raising goats. And we're lonely. lonely. Yeah, we're all lonely. We all do goats. Uh, oh man. Yeah, of all of, of all things. Caught fucking the goat. In, in, right. In, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Story. Oh man. As my uh, as my wife pointed out. <laughs> God, I loved um Lars' reaction to seeing Pete. He just falls to his knees and just starts like grieving it was so funny um and the um the dead head spinning on the record player i thought was fantastic uh dave's dead head floating on and, there it was awesome funny enough uh they mentioned this again on the on the uh, commentary mm-hmm. but uh the i guess the sculpts they had for dave's head didn't look real enough oh. so that's actually his head in a i think it's called a dumbwaiter maybe Oh, where okay. it's his head and it, you know he's spinning in that little oh, box that's so awesome that's why his head looks really good because it's I actually say, him yeah. i thought it would i would have really gotten good. i would have gotten so sick <laughs> I, I don't do tilt the rolls just because i don't like spinning mm-hmm. i would i would have probably puked <laughs> um going back to like the putt when uh right before putnam dies uh, the girl's like, bye, Putnam, or whatever. Jenny's, you know, saying bye. And then Lars says, namaste. And he just says, fuck off. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Oh, I man. have to admit, Putnam was probably my least favorite character out of all of them. Oh, yeah. I, I would say he's mine as well. He just seems so, like, out of place from the other ones. Yeah. Well, because but, he, but... He, he wants to be, like, one of the guys in the yeah. inner circle. And for some reason, he isn't. Right. Because it's funny because, you know, he likes Jenny as well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when him and uh, Lars go down the beach and she gives Lars a big hug mm-hmm. and, you know, be safe. And then just gives a, her yeah. hand out for a handshake to Putnam. And it's revealed <laughs> that she's fucked every other guy on there except for Putnam. Like, except for him. And you do kind of feel bad for the guy. I know. <laughs> like, I, I do feel bad. I don't like him that much. But right. I do feel bad for him. I did like some of the ridiculous lines he said, just because he's supposed to be like this British guy and just some of the lines he was saying, I thought were really hilarious. And, and it's funny too, because again, he directed, right? Mm-hmm. So he's directing in his regular voice and then he's you yeah. know, putting it up for the character. Oh, man. It just, it must not be easy to do so. I, I know. I can't imagine it is. But I mean, his his accent, his dialogue was just so fucking ridiculous that it uh, probably wasn't too hard to get into. He's being proper when yeah. all he really wants is to get dirty with Jenny. Mm-hmm, exactly. 
Um, one part that killed me. So the killer, Sam, and um, he has Pen- Penelope and they crash through the jacuzzi, right? Penelope. And uh, yeah, Penelope. And uh, they crash through the jacuzzi. Instead of grabbing the axe that's sitting right there, Jenny runs up, grabs Penelope, runs Penelope. up, grabs Lars, who's fell to the ground. And like, why Why the fuck is your first instinct not to grab the fucking axe away from the killer? Like, I, I was like, what are you doing? Like, how stupid. Maybe, I think she's more of a nurturer yeah. than a destroyer. She yeah. seems very nurturing. <laughs> oh, man. And then when they're leaving the club, there's just all these topless women running around. And that's when you get like the two guys fucking in the in the fruit suits, which I didn't realize. But <laughs> Yeah, the fruit and the, and the, uh, the, the pretzel. Yeah. Okay. And they had to use a pretzel because they couldn't use all the same fruit that's in the game because they didn't use it. Like, I didn't see it in the credits, you know, thank you, Namco, for letting right. us use. I, there was none of that. So, this is like skirting copyright laws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I liked uh, the the part where, so when they're in the water at the very end, when Juan's trying to get out of the water and like, he just essentially gets like pulled in half. I thought that was really gross. One of the few on-screen gore moments and it, it worked really well. <laughs> and, and even like the death scene with Sam. He had so oh, many death scenes. <laughs> I, I know. And I loved like oh. just the ingenuity, the uh, uniqueness of having him like wrapped around the dock and then being eventually, you know, slit and cut in half with the rope. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it before. No, I just, I don't think I, I have either. It, it felt very original to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like the over the topness with it, just having him be like half a person still attacking. It's so ridiculous. And then at the end, as the ends on the screen, you see the legs swimming across like <laughs> so dumb, but it and, works. And, and not just which dumb, but also the actor, Eric Stolhansky mm-hmm. or Stolhansky, pardon me, his emotion, like the way he emotes his face, like he looks like he wants to kill someone. You know? Right. Like yeah. he's really selling it. Like he wants to kill all these people because he's that crazy. And I just mm-hmm. love his facial expressions. You know? Right. Uh, it, oh, man, it just, it's, it's over the top that I laugh. Mm-hmm. Also scary as fuck a little. Like if this was a really, a real horror movie, he's a scary guy, but it's a broken lizard film. So you can laugh at him. Exactly. Man, were there any, Ash, how about for you? Were there any scenes that, uh, that stood out for you as, as one of your favorites or one of your least favorites? Um, not really. I'm, there were a couple of good ones. I, uh, I liked any of the scenes where the Jack Black, uh, lookalike was, um, doing the massage stuff. Cause that was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really I enjoyed the hell out of that. Um, the, uh, I don't know. I, I was kind of disappointed. We didn't get more, more gore out of it. Mm-hmm. To be honest, if, if they're going to go horror comedy with it, come on. If you're gonna go like as much as they did at the end, you got to show a little bit more during the rest of the movie. But. Yeah, and that that's one of my my thoughts as well. I definitely agree with you there. Um, uh, Mark, do you have anything else from the um, commentary track that I know you listened to that is interesting to talk about? Uh, not much. It was more of another. It was more of a. It wasn't very informative. It mm-hmm. was just very funny. Gotcha. Now, there are two commentary tracks on this. Uh, the first one is with uh, Jay and uh, the guy who plays – or Eric who plays Sam. Okay. And then the second one, which I believe I had heard before, so I didn't listen to this one. Mm. I listened to the one that's got uh, Paul Sauter who plays Dave, uh, Steve Levin who plays Juan, and um, and uh, Kevin Heverman who plays Lars. Um, so, I can't recall exactly if they overlap info, but 
it was very funny because they just talked about some some jokes on set and stuff like that and how you know um again uh, how uh, bill was really into his role and would practice guitar and really wanted to sing himself and okay. set, put you know put on all the tracks so uh i don't know if this actually a soundtrack to this film like mm-hmm. i'm not sure if they released one or not right and if they did i would love to have this on vinyl <laughs> it just seems it'd be a vinyl album to have yeah absolutely um, but yeah, the, uh, I, I'm trying to look at some trivia that I found online here, and um, what I did find funny is that Juan Castile, right? Uh, so Juan, the water sports guy, um, he's called Juan Castile because it's, I guess, a Spanish version of John Castle, which is the name of Patrick Swayze's character in Dirty Dancing, <laughs> because he gets the girl in Penelope, right? Um, Oh, okay. So they put a line, and I couldn't remember where in the film this was, but they put a line in the script that said, "How many, how many of you know that he was uncircumcised and smelled of oranges?" <laughs> it's a uh, weird line. They yeah. put it in the script to make sure that people who greenlit the film actually read the script. <laughs> and, oh man! And I think I remember this in the movie. I just can't pinpoint exactly where in the film this is. It's but, when um um. What's uh, the nephew, his name, I keep forgetting, Dave? Dave, yeah. Yeah, when he's like reminiscing about his uncle, he's staring at, at Pete, who's dead, hanging there. And he's like, oh, you guys knew him as, as Coconut <sighs> Pete, but I knew him as Uncle Petey. Uh, you, how many of you knew this and that? Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, and I guess there's also an unrated version of this movie floating around. Oh, that no shit. That includes an extra 15 minutes. 15 um, minutes? 15, one, five, 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh so it brings, God. I think it brings the rent time like 118 minutes. And oh. uh, it pretty much involves a subplot of two cops that we never see in the, uh, in the theatrical cut. But the director, Jay, said that the theatrical cut is my director's cut. This is just an unrated oh, cut okay. that I don't go by. So gotcha. really, whatever we saw in theaters, that's the, that's the cut. The unrated edition doesn't have any additional nudity or anything. Just it just trims some fat. So gotcha. Huh, yeah. interesting. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, you'll be you'll be disappointed to know that there is in fact a soundtrack for Club Dread available okay. on CD, pretty cheap on Amazon. But it does yeah. not contain Pina Colada Berg, Naughty Cow, Pleasure Island, any of the songs from Coconut Pete. Oh, so why why would anybody why? buy that? Why would you buy I know. It has a two-star rating out of five out of the 20 reviews that has been given on IMDb or on uh, Amazon, rather. So, people don't uh, like it. That's disappointing. You know what? I want to tweet to Broken Lizard and see if ever they're going to release one. Yeah, definitely. Because now with the vinyl f- – like, honestly, that should have been a record store day. Yeah. It would be an awesome record store day release. I'd, I'd spend the money on that one. Heck yeah, me too. I'd import the motherfucker. Yeah. Excellent. So, Ash, what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Broken Lizard's Club Dread? Well, you guys are going to be disappointed. Um, <laughs> I didn't enjoy it as much as you guys did. Um, I was looking for something more along the lines of like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, and this just doesn't quite make it. Um, some of the jokes are funny. Some of it was just, eh. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. I mean, I hit the big four zero, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. It just, eh. It just, there was a lot of stupid humor and not mm-hmm. like, you know, police academy airplane quality stupid humor. It was just stupid. Um, it was kind of the same yeah, stuff that drug, uh, 
Uh, yeah, but it kind of it, it's the same kind of stuff that drug Dukes of, the Dukes of Hazard filmed down for me. It was just like, wow, you guys made this really dumb. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It some of it was fun. Uh, some of it was just stupid. Uh, it's just too stupid. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, some of it was pretty funny. Um, I give it like a two out of four. Okay, excellent. And what about you, Mark? What's your star rating and your final thoughts for Club Dread? Uh, like I mentioned before, it was not love at first sight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's after a lot of pestering on Club Dread's part that where I kind of fell in love with this film um, after I gave it a chance. Um, I, I I do like it a lot. Um, it grows on you. Um, kind of like a tapeworm, where it kind of just fills your bo- fills your body. You know, you just want to eat crap dinner and with ketchup. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? It's got everything. Like the the, the the comedy for me hits because again, I'm a fan of the '86 comedies. This is better than that. Uh, the, the The writing is decent. Um, you do have beautiful women. You do have nice naked bodies. Um, you got some great. Uh, oh, you got some mild kill scenes but they're f- more funny than horrific um i enjoy broken lizard as a cast i've got all their films uh i believe so far um yeah it, it just it just eventually hit me on multiple levels and uh it's not a perfect film you know um, i i find that uh, it does kind of drag a bit when they're running o- away multiple times at the end um, I, I still think the first half is a lot the film is top heavy it's a lot stronger uh you know, in the first half, then the second half. I'm going to give this a strong, a strong two and a half out of four stars. Two and two and a half. Yeah. So it's, it's more than 50. It's, it's not perfect. Like it, it's, 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 I like it a lot, but is it, a, is it a great film? No, I am. I, am I like it a lot. I'm gonna I give thought it, for sure that was a four star coming. Oh shit. No, no. I, let, let me look at my little box really quick here. Um, because you know, like I do like the, like the soundtrack's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I, well, you know, I give it three and a half out of five. So two and a half out of four does kind of make sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if I could give 0.75, I'd probably give it 2.75, but I can't. So I'm going to give it two and a half. I, I, yeah. Yeah, Again, it doesn't mean it's a horrible film. It's, it's better. It's better than, yeah, two and a half, two and a half. Excellent. Final answer. <laughs> so I, I'm genuinely surprised how strong of a slasher film Club Dread was. I expected it to excel in the comedy and kind of be a ho-hum slasher, but I thought it really nailed both ends really well. Um, it made me laugh a hell of a lot. It had me guessing as to who the killer would be. Um, not only that, but the death scenes are a lot of fun, even though I would have loved to get even more on-screen gore with the deaths. Um, they choose to use the gore sparingly, and it works when they do show it. Um, this is filled with beautiful women, a fun whodunit story with a cool-looking killer, which we didn't even talk about at all, um, but I think yeah, it was true. just fun, um, and just lots of comedy. It's really tailor-made for me, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I would have loved to have seen this one get a sequel, even though it definitely doesn't isn't needed. I'd just love to spend more time with our remaining characters. Um, I think this is the most fun role I've ever seen Bill Paxton in, and he must have had a great time filming this because it looked like he was having a blast the entire time. Um, he does an excellent job with it, and I really think it's the the perfect film to end the Pax cast with because I think it's one of his best roles because of how free he was to just go out as, as far out there as he wanted with it. Club Dread is a lot better than it really should be, and I absolutely recommend it to slasher fans that enjoy a good satire. So I'm giving Club Dread... 
three and a half out of four stars. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that kind of wraps up the PaxCast version here, or portion. And I feel like I should have... I should have written up something kind of in, in tribute to, to, to Bill Paxton, but uh, I did not. Um, so I will just say that going through even just these four films, and there's so much more, so much more to this filmography. We could spend an entire year going through it, you know, um, and still not hit everything. But I thought it was, in, you know, I think it's important that we we pay homage to this man who did so much in, in the world of film and is so just wonderfully talented um, and is able to do the 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 you know dramatic role like frailty or or even a better example a simple plan um, and then come out and, and do this just you know a few years later to play coconut Pete I mean the range that he's able to show just in these four films that we spent with him is pretty fantastic. And then obviously you have Twister, you have Aliens. Uh, I mean, I, the list just goes on and on. Uh, Predator 2, the list goes on with, with the shit you have that you can watch. And, and what he's able to do with his characters is always interesting. Um, and so it's just so heartbreaking and sad, not only the the, the family that he leaves behind, but just the the future films the future work that we won't get um because of his his much too early passing so um you know that's really all i would really have to say about that if you guys want to add anything absolutely go for it um but yeah i don't know that's i think it's it's been great spending time with uh with bill paxton's work yeah he, he he's one of those talents that left too soon you mm-hmm. know and he has well, his output has been incredible so far he had so much more to, to I'm sure, to, to provide to us. Um, so we're, I'm going to miss him. I, I think he's one of the greater genre actors. Uh, his death kind of hit me pretty hard just because it feels like I grew up with him, which in a way I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, not with him, but just he's always been around right. my cinematic tastes. So uh, I'm glad we were able to, to pay homage to Mr. Paxton uh, for these uh, four weeks. Fortunately, I miss too. I'm the asshole, but uh, I'm uh, I'm glad I was able to watch some stuff I'd never seen before. Yeah, I, I think you guys summed it up pretty good. Um, I I don't really have anything to add. I mean, he, I, I Aliens was such a big movie for me, and I loved his character in that. I pretty much loved him in anything he's been in, from True mm-hmm. Lies to Twister. Um, so yeah, I, I he will be missed. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. So let's move on from the PAX cast to round 26 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge, where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. So just a reminder, for this feature, each of us looks at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and picks one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenges them to watch that before the next podcast, where they then give a quick review of the film. So just to recap... This week, I was watching Dune from 1984, thanks to Ash. Ash was watching Backcountry from 2014, thanks to me. And Mark, you were watching The Road, right, from 2009, from me, maybe two or three episodes ago? Yes, that's right. Okay, perfect. Excellent. So, um, Mark, go ahead and jump in with The Road. Okay, so I've owned this on Blu-ray pretty much since it came out on Blu-ray. But since I kept hearing it's such a downer of a film, I never was in the mood to watch it. Um, so no spoilers. This is one I need to see and haven't seen yet either. So no spoilers on this one. No problem. Um, and that's my review. (laughs) (laughs) See how funny I am. Um, so pretty much a story of, uh, an apocalypse occurred and we've got uh, Viggo Mortensen as, uh, 
man who's with uh, Cody Smith McPhee, who plays boy. And they're just trying to survive in the world that uh, they live in now. Um, it's a very gray world. There's not much color. Um, cannibalism is a thing. So pretty much they run away from, uh, from pretty much any stranger. Um, and it's, they're just on a journey. They're just following this road for an hour and, uh, almost two hours long, an hour and 51 minutes. Um, so yeah, so I'm not going to spoil anything. So I guess I'm going to stop talking, but I liked it. I didn't love it. I did watch it at work. So we had to pause it a few times when work had to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and as well, the sound system at work isn't that great. It's a 2.0 system on a 5.1 disc. So sometimes hearing, um, the dialogue was kind of hard. Mm, I hate um, that. I hate that. Yeah. So it wasn't the best viewing uh, experience, but I had to get this in my belt and this was one of the ways how. So, um, so, uh, yeah, again, I liked it, uh, but it's not an easy watch, but it isn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. I've seen some much – it's a bleak film, but I've seen some worse yeah. stuff. It so, is. It is. I, when I watched it with Diana, uh, my wife, uh, it was rough. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah. That's what yeah, I always hear. That's what I always hear. It's it's not a feel-good film. Like The only way I would recommend this is if you were doing a podcast and you had to watch it because somebody gave it to you <laughs> or that you were dumb enough to buy it and then had to watch it. Um, yeah, so it's it's not a feel-good film. It's a well-made film. Um, I've never read the Corman McCarthy uh, novel before, but I heard that it's pretty uh, close to the novel. Um, I, I just made that that uh, trivia bit up. I don't know if it is or not. I'm just trying to uh, <laughs> to kill time here. But yeah, no, it, it's good. It's have you seen um, No Country for Old Men? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, and I I did enjoy that one. Yeah, me too. Um, but it's a it's a different style film. Okay. I know it's a, it's the same uh, author, right? Uh, but it's a it's a different style film. Um, that one's dark, but this one's grim. There's a okay. difference. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Um, now let's see, uh, out of four stars, what I recommend it or what, what my rating would be. Um, I'd probably give it two and a half as well out of four. Um, well made, well shot, well acted. Uh, but would I, I would probably never recommend this one though. It's just, it, it's well done. Um, yeah, I probably give, ah, even a two. Yeah, no, two and a half is fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Again, I I, won't, I can't say much just because I I know you know I know you want to see it here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, j- check it out, but just you know, make sure you watch Club Dread after. Right. <laughs> it's a great it's a great companion to Club Dread. It's like the yin and the yang of cinema. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of things you're dumb enough dumb enough to buy and then forced to watch, so I'll, I'll go next. Um. So <laughs> Dune is a movie that I've owned for. Don't you crap on Dune. I I, I will drive you. Uh, oh, so this is a movie that I've owned for quite a while now. Um, I think I bought it pretty cheap from like the Walmart Blu-ray bin a few years back. Um, and I always thought to myself, I try to read the book before watching it, but that never came to about because uh, that never came to pass because, you know, uh, um, ideas like that never seem to. But um, unfortunately, after watching it, I really wish I would have read the book the movie is based on first. So. Dune takes place in, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but Dune takes place in the year 10,191 for whatever reason. That would be correct. And 
Okay, and and two families are fighting for control of the titular planet Dune um, because it houses the most valuable substance in the universe. It's a spice called melange, which I just I don't think I thought that was ridiculous, but it is. So the Duke is assassinated, and his son sets out to avenge his death and take control of Dune. At least again, that's why I'm pretty sure that's what happened um, from watching and kind of gathering what I could from like different sources on trying to get a plot summary together. Um, Dune is so utterly confusing that I'm literally not even sure what the hell I watched. This is very clearly a story that should be told in book form because it's way too detailed with too many different people and plots for it to really make sense on film. And and the worst aspect of it for me was the fact that they had voiceover narration for the inner thoughts of the characters. I, I This works really well in novel form, but it's just tacky as hell in movie form. And it made me laugh on more than a couple times because I thought it was just so ridiculous. Um, Dune is a bit reminiscent of like a Star Wars film, but much less accessible, much less fun, and just a lot more boring. Um, it was a slog to get through that took me multiple sittings to try and finish, and I couldn't really tell you what the hell I watched. This one is for those that like the books and are curious to how it would translate the film. I didn't enjoy it at all, though, and will likely never put this back on. Sure, it's a, it's a visual feast at points, but even some of those aspects are ruined by the shoddy green screen work, which is not a fault of the film. It's a film from 84. I'm sure it looks great compared to other films from that time, but watching it today, it's just, ah, man, you can definitely tell they're in front of a green screen. It doesn't look that great. Um, so I'm really not even sure it's watching worth watching for that aspect. Um, so unfortunately this one was not for me. I'm giving Dune, uh, one and a half out of four stars. I will kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, obviously Mark, have you seen this one? No, no. Okay. Ash, obviously you're a fan. I I tried years ago back when, uh, Canada had a channel called Scream, which was like a horror sci-fi channel Mm -hmm. and I couldn't get into it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah what a, I've, I've been a fan of this movie since I was like nine. So, jeez, oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's I've I got into it as a, a kid. I didn't understand what was going on necessarily when I first yeah. watched it, but I've watched it so many times that I picked it up. Plus, I have read the book. Um, That's, I read I, the book. I, I knew you read the book. I knew it. Yeah, okay. I, I read the book in high school. Um, yeah. the book gives some details and backstory. Um. Mm-hmm. But it, you actually have to go further down the series to get more of the information. There's an extended cut that has like an almost like a prologue to the beginning of the movie. Um, and it, it replaces, uh, the princess's opening narration. Oh, um, okay. And it like kind of sets up what's going on much better. Um, yeah. but it is a longer cut of the film. Oh, um, and I couldn't so even if imagine. You, if you were, oh. Yeah, if you were bored going through that, you're probably not going to enjoy the extended <laughs> cut. Right. Um, I will say, while I love the Dune film, I absolutely uh, loved the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries um, that they did. Uh, I, it, that, that I'd be interested in seeing. Yeah, that's actually much more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, uh, I like the Dune miniseries less than the Children of Dune miniseries. Uh, the Children of Dune oh. miniseries takes place after it, uh, and okay. it actually combines the second and third books into one. Um, mm-hmm. 
and they they had to recast one of the characters, um, the the woman who plays Lady Jessica in the in the uh, original Dune miniseries. Uh, it doesn't play her in the Children of Dune, just casting problems. But um, they got they got Alice Krieger to play it. But uh, they uh, they have James McAvoy's in it, um, and a couple other people that uh, are pretty well known too. Uh, okay. In Children in Children of Dune, uh, the guy they got to play the lead in Dune, I didn't recognize him at first. Uh, I guess he's more popular overseas because they filmed it, I think in the Czech Republic. Um, oh, okay. But uh, it, um, it looks fantastic. Like the effects work is great. They did, you know, really great CG. Um, the, the only thing I was sad about with the, the, the sci-fi miniseries was that it lacked the music from <laughs> the original film because I love that music from the that first movie. I just <laughs> ah, love that movie. Um, one thing I did like about Lynch's Dunes, the one I watched, was um, the 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 shooting locations. Some of the places that they filmed, I thought were really gorgeous. But oh yeah, yeah, they did a good job with like the just the overall design and everything else. So interesting. And I was just looking at my shelf. I have Jodorowsky's Dune documentary. So like the Dune that never got made. Um, that was supposed to be directed by Jodorowsky. Um, I have that documentary up here that I need to watch. So I'm interested to watch that one now. I heard that's very good. Yeah, me as well. So excellent. So, um, Ash, you watched Backcountry from 2014. So go ahead and talk about that film. You bastard. Oh, um, man. See, well, okay. Well, no, I, I like this movie. I, I like this movie a lot. Uh, oh, okay, actually. good. Um, I'm actually kind of annoyed. Um, because they're like based off a true story, except they changed all the facts surrounding it and what happened, <laughs> except for the bear attack. Uh, <laughs> the so, best true stories ever. Based on a true story. But anyway, um, it is a Canadian movie. Uh, Eric Belfour is in it, um, yeah. but he's not the lead <laughs> guy. Um, the, uh, the, the lead actor is not too bad. Um, the lead actress is much better, which is, is uh, a good thing. Um, but the, the lead up to it is kind of interesting. They kind of play it almost like a little bit of a psychological thriller because she is like hyper paranoid about bear attacks and, you know, and they kind of keep building up and building up and then, you know, eventually they get lost and they're in the bear's territory and, uh, they, yeah. And it's late in the season and her husband is an idiot and doesn't get a map and, uh, they get lost. <laughs> Uh, not her husband. That's right. Boyfriend. Um, but, uh, uh, it, it's interesting in that the, the bear, you don't actually hear it until 48 minutes into the film. It is an hour and 31 minutes long. Um, but it, I didn't feel it. Uh, the, the, because mainly because the place they shot it in is fucking gorgeous. They're definitely like, almost every shot in this movie looks amazing. Uh, the, 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 you know, it's about a bear attack. I, that's not a spoiler. Uh, and it's in the fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> description of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the the bear attack, the way they shot it, you barely see what's going on. And it is the most gruesome animal attack I have seen and experienced on film, I think. <laughs> Just because of the way they shot it. The brief glimpses that they give you and then your mind fills in the rest. And most of the most of most of the attack is shot from her point of view inside a tent 
and all she can hear is her boyfriend getting being attacked outside the tent after the bears, you know, done a thing and gotten in the tent and taken one of them out. But uh, yeah, it's ah, uh, oh god, it was just like I was cringing the whole time and I could barely see a damn thing, and that's <laughs> that's good filmmaking right there. Um, I I uh, I love this movie. It was pretty really well done. Uh, I give it three and a half out of four. Excellent. Good. You know, um, I actually was a little disappointed with this one when I watched it. Like I ended up giving it uh, like five out of 10 on IMDb. So two out of four on our scale. Um, And I think the only saving grace for me was that what you were talking about. Um, But it's one that I feel like I will appreciate more on second viewing because I'll, I'll, I, I went into it expecting something different. Mm-hmm. And so now knowing it and having seen it, I think I might appreciate it more watching it a second time. And I do own it. It is a Scream Factory release, one of their newer releases, or not new as in it just came out recently, but like uh, as opposed to releasing a catalog title, releasing a new film, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so definitely yeah. worth checking out um, for free on Netflix before you buy it, but um, worth worth watching, I'd say, especially if you can get yeah. it on Netflix. They, um, they, uh, yeah, if you go in expecting like The Edge, You'll be very disappointed because it is not right. Anthony Hopkins attacking a bear and killing it uh, <laughs> or trying to kill it. Rather, uh, you know, this is a very it's a more realistic look on it, I think, than yeah. you know, especially since they're basing it more on a true story. So. Perfect. Excellent. So for next week, we are going to pick for ourselves. So, Mark, do you know what you're going to watch for next week? Yeah, I'm going to watch uh, The Exorcist 3. Oh, okay. I like it. Yeah, oh, I've never seen it. Factory release, and that's the one you're watching, yeah. right? Yeah, I've never seen it before, so we'll, let's watch that one. Perfect. Well, I'll tell you what I'm watching for next week. I am. Uh, I went and looked at my um, personal cinefashions list and mm-hmm. decided to take another one from there. So I'm going to do um, 12 Angry Men from 1957, a little courtroom drama for myself for this week. Ooh. All I've seen is the uh, remake they did back in like 97, 98 with Jack Lemmon as well. Oh, okay. Um, and which I really like, but I've never seen the original. Gotcha. Yeah, me either. So it, uh, it's supposed to be a good one. And I own it from Criterion Collection. So cool. we shall see. You know what? I'm going to go with one of the ones I just added recently. A uh, movie from 2013 called Horror Story. 2013? Yep. Horror Story. Excellent. I have no idea what that is. Me neither. Uh, so uh, the good. description is on a dare seven college friends spend a night in an abandoned hotel rumored to be haunted. Oh, good. It's probably going to be awful. Find themselves <laughs> trapped in a nightmare. Excellent. It has a uh, 5.1 rating on IMDb just for uh, those that were curious. So good. Oh. Excellent. So just to recap, next week, Mark will be talking about The Exorcist 3 from 1990. I will be talking about 12 Angry Men from 1957. And Ash will be talking about Horror Story from 2013. Should be fun. All right. So before we um, end for today, we have to talk about some more business and where we are heading from here. So if you listened uh, last week... You heard Ash and I teasing that we got a new feature on the horizon for Cinefessions, and this one focuses in on all of our gaming listeners and readers out there. So every month, one of the three of us will be picking a video game that we want to play through for that month. Now, I said last time that we'd like to be sticking to more retro games like the PlayStation, N64, Sega Saturn era, and earlier, just so it's accessible to virtually anyone with, at the very minimum, 
a computer that can download an emulator and a ROM, and that's still true, but that doesn't rule out the chance that every once in a while we'll play something from more recent generations of games. Um, the great thing about the PlayStation 4 is that it has a library of PS2 classics to choose from for legal emulation. The Wii U has Wii games to download, and you can play some 360 games on Xbox One and so on. So we don't want to strictly limit ourselves to saying that it must be from a certain generation of games or older, but for the sake of including as many people as possible in what we are calling the Cinefessions Gaming Club, you'll likely see more older titles than recent ones as the months go on. So the goal of the Cinefessions Gaming Club is to be as inclusive as possible, allowing all of our listeners of the podcast and readers of the site to join together in a group discussion with like-minded people all with the same goal of completing a specific video game. So as with everything on this podcast, this will be nothing without you, our listeners. In an effort to create a landing spot where everyone who's playing the game can come together and talk about their progress, their struggles, or anything else related to the game, we've created a brand new forum for Cinefessions, which is actually live right now for you to register at and start posting. It's cinefessions.proboards.com, or just go to cinefessions.com and click on forums. You can get to it that way also. So the best aspect of having this new forum is that it gives the Cinefessions Gaming Club a home, but it also gives our other projects a home, like the upcoming annual Cinefessions Summer Streams Challenge that we host in June of every year. Uh, so what that means is for the first time in the six-year history of the Cinefession Summer Screams Challenge, CSSC 6 will have one spot for all of our participants to post their lists, their goals, their thoughts on what they've been watching, and more. We'll have more on uh, CSSC 6 in the coming weeks, but I will say even though CSSC 5 was a bit, diff- a, a bit of a different beast than what we're used to, Uh, The sixth rendition here, CSSC 6, will seem a lot more familiar to everyone. And we really hope to make it the biggest and most exciting year yet for the challenge. So look for more details on that in the coming weeks um, as as June draws closer, probably just in a week or so, to be honest with you, because we want to get that shit out there to get everyone uh, signed up and excited for the month of June. But anyway, back to the Cinefessions Gaming Club. So our inaugural month is going to kick off on Monday, May 1st. And we've decided to actually tie it to our next podcast podcast arc so that it's all tied into the same theme. theme. So for the month of May, the Cinefessions podcast will be reviewing through video game film adaptations. This four podcast arc will actually cover five different films as we'll end on a double feature. So let's take a look at our lineup for the video game arc. So week one is Super Mario Brothers from 1993. Week two is De- DOA, Dead or Alive, from 2006. Week f- three, that was week two. Week three is going to be Max Payne from 2008. And week four is going to be a Silent Hill double feature. So Silent Hill from 2006 and Silent Hill Revelation from 2012. So we think this lineup gives us an awesome assortment of things to talk about. We go from the very first live action major video game film adaptation release ever with Super Mario Brothers, which covers the platforming genre. Then move on to a lower-budget B-movie release that Mark has raved about in the past with Dead or Alive covering the fighting genre. Then we move on to the action-adventure genre with Max Payne, another big Hollywood film adaptation. And then we're going to end it on the survival horror genre with two films that some may call underrated, some overrated, and others may just say they're bad films. But we'll talk about that in week four as we dedicate that to the Silent Home film series. So now that we know where we're going from here, 
Which game are we going to feature for the first month of the Cinefessions Gaming Club? Well, we're obviously all big horror fans here, regardless of the medium. So even though the original Resident Evil kicked our asses at the beginning of the year during that arc, as you'll both remember, (laughs) we've decided to make the survival horror genre our first genre for the gaming club with the original PlayStation release of Silent Hill. So Silent Hill was developed by Team Silent and released by Konami on January 31st, 1999 in North America. You play as the quote-unquote everyman, Harry Mason, that has five um, searching for your missing daughter in the uh, titular town of Silent Hill. It's a third-person survival horror game that has five different endings based on your actions throughout the game. And according to IGN, it's considered a defining title in this genre in part because it emphasized atmosphere over the typical B-movie elements that we would see before this. Silent Hill inspired six sequels, four spinoffs, a visual novel, and obviously two major films you can and, play the game and, and yeah a haunted house in japan where oh really that's fucking awesome yeah wow very cool i did not know that that's excellent so um yeah you you can play the game obviously on an original playstation system where it's available in either the original black label release or the greatest hits version you can also download it on the PlayStation 3 as a PS1 Classic for about $7, or of course, you could always play it on the computer via an emulator. So I know I'm playing this on the PS3 as a digital digital download, as is Mark, I believe, but Ash yeah. um, is playing via the original system with the greatest hits version of the game, right? Yes, I am. Fantastic. And Mark, I was right. You're doing PS1 Classic on the PS3? Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. So, unfortunately, unlike Resident Evil, this one has not been given the HD remastering treatment for whatever reason. Um, There was a release. And fuck Konami. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, There was a release on the PlayStation 2 and Nintendo Wii called Silent Hill Shattered Memories, but that is more of a reimagining of the original game as it changes the story around a pretty good deal, uh, from what I understand. So, know that we are not using that version of this game for this playthrough. Um. I am really excited uh, about what's coming up here. I'm excited for this next arc and to kick off the Cinefessions Gaming Club. And we hope that you guys will all be on board with us as well. Make sure you visit Cinefessions.com to find the link to the forums where you can get registered today to be part of the Gaming Club and get a jump on CSSC 6. So just as a reminder, make sure you tune back into the last episode of the Video Game Arc because we'll have a segment on there dedicated to our review slash discussion of Silent Hill on the PlayStation 1. I know for me, this is going to be the first time I sit down with the actual intention to beat the game. I played it in the past, but just in really short bursts, and I've ever played it for more than maybe an hour or so. So I'm excited to finally dive in and give it my all. Um, what about you two? Have you uh, played this and, and or beaten Silent Hill before? No, I, I've played it before, but I never got too, too far with it. Okay. I'm just excited that we're adding an eighth day in the week, so I have time to do all this stuff. Fuck yeah, and that's just for you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not sure what we're going to call it yet. <laughs> exactly. Marker day. It, it, it sounds like Monday 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. And what about you, Ash? Have you beaten or played Silent Hill? Oh, fuck yeah. I, yeah, I knew it. I, I figured as much. Ending, I, I, I never went back to okay. try to get the, the really good ending or the All right. alien ending or anything like that. I think I'm going to use a guide this time and try to get the uh, the good ending. Hell yeah, guides are what it's all about. <laughs> all right, oh, so wait, I do have to share. My wife and I were playing yes. it about the same time. We had two different save games going, mm-hmm. uh, and I was working third shift at the time. I came home one night after she'd been playing Silent Hill, 
The game was still on. She wasn't in the room. Every light <laughs> in the apartment was on. Every single fucking light. <laughs> and she was in the oh, bedroom. <laughs> you're like, that's fantastic. She's just like, oh, good, you're home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hope that gives Mark the same reaction. Yeah, it sounds like you got someone hilt. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, she was oh. playing it in the dark all alone. So, you yeah. know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. So that is going to be that for this week. So next week, we'll kick off that video game arc with the review of 1993 Super Mario Brothers. Make sure you sign up for uh, at the Cinefessions forums, which you can find a link to right on Cinefessions.com. And while you're there, take a quick second to answer the poll in the right-hand sidebar at Cinefessions.com. And so, as always, if you have any questions for the three of us you'd like uh, to hear us answer here on the podcast, please hit us up using that hashtag, InFilmWeTrust, for all your question of the week options, and we will do our best to answer all of them. Again, use that hashtag, InFilmWeTrust, on Twitter. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter, give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at for those question of the week options. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us that review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it might be that you're listening to us. Positive reviews help us get more listeners, so we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us that review. And remember, as we talked about earlier, anyone who leaves us a review during the month of April, so coming to a quick end here, but anyone who does will be entered in to win a $20 Amazon gift card to the store of your choice, and then the winner is going to be announced next week on the podcast, so make sure if you haven't already... You're leaving us that review on iTunes. And then another reminder that you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all three of those platforms. And also, Ash, where can we find you on? Uh, where else can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter, D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E. Fantastic. And what about you, Mark? Uh, you can find me slowly going insane. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Mark underscore Nadeau, on Instagram at mnadeau02, and uh, on Facebook as Mark Nadeau. Fantastic. And you can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1, that's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the 90th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. I was ecstatic to be at full strength again this week. It feels good to have all of us here again. So thank you both for joining me tonight. It was a ton of fun. Glad to be back. Hells yeah. All right. So we will um, sign off, I guess, for tonight then. So remember, everybody, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.